big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Happy Friday. Hello, Blake and Aaron. Happy Friday. Yep. Yeah, what do you got for us this morning? Last Friday of the month, right? Yep. It is the last Friday of the month, yeah. We're done. Cool. Mm-hmm. October's okay. almost over. We started Thanksgiving and then Christmas. So um, a bit of news this morning includes uh, the fact that CUC has announced their own electricity relief program. This was a little bit confusing when I when I saw the press release because I thought it was the same thing as what the government was doing. But they're actually doing like two things now simultaneously. Um, so essentially, CUC has been in negotiations with Offreg, and um, they've come to an agreement where CUC will will cap the uh, duty on the fuel costs, sort of mm-hmm. perspective of what they're paying. So if, say they're paying twenty five cents a kilowatt or whatever, they're going to cap it at twenty cents a kilowatt, right? So the consumer doesn't pay any more at this time, and then you know obviously they got to make that up later on because that's a pass through cost. I think a lot of people really get this point um, wrong. In that uh, it's not CUC doesn't mark up the fuel charges. It's whatever they pay, they're passing that on to the consumer. And that includes the duty and everything else. So uh, it's a little bit of relief now, you know, at uh, the time when people need it um, as electricity and, and uh, fuel charges are the highest that they've been in quite some time. Inflation is the highest in like four decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, kudos to uh, CUC for kind of thinking a little bit about how they can also um, assist, um, with the problem. Every little bit helps, trust me. Hmm. And, um, the police are appealing for witnesses and the murder that happened a couple weeks ago in West Bay off of, um, I always forget the name of this road, but it is Birch Street Hill near Captain Joe and Osborne Road. Um, this young man, Mr. Ian Duffel was stabbed um, multiple times during altercation. And apparently there was someone who like drove by and shouted to the assailant to stop. And so police in particular are very, very interested in speaking to that individual. Crazy so how they know that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right? So they're saying that anybody who um, witnessed it and any, even though maybe the person thinks like, well, what did I see or I didn't see much or, you know, still contact the police because they're trying to put their case together and they need all of the holes to be filled, ideally before they send that file over to the DPP's office for a ruling. So if you saw anything, um, your firsthand witness, it is you that the police are looking for, please reach out to the authorities so that you can be of some assistance to them. Okay. There has been a Facebook group that has been set up for men. So um, this is following the unfortunate death of a um, gentleman who's a security guard um, earlier. Uh, Mr. Gavin Kerrville has started a group which aims to create awareness of the misdirection of what he says is masculinity and to create a community of support for anyone who is struggling. So, you know, any sort of mental health issues. Um, Gavin's awesome. He's actually a acupuncturist, by the way. Hmm. Um, and he's really awesome. Well, so, doing that. Yeah, yeah. So he's, um, you know, all about wellness. He's a Chinese medicine acupuncturist and therapist with over 10 years of experience. So he's saying that, listen, man, if you're struggling with any issues, regardless of what it is, there's always an alternative. Um, And this support group really is all about offering that and you can talk to each other. And if you need to obviously see a professional therapist, um, Gavin has, you know, some experience and he can also refer you to others on island um, who can give you 
you know, more direct attention. So it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Did we mention that Webster's estate is back open this year for Halloween? No. Of course, yes. They're they're open and ready for business. Uh, they're welcoming um, anyone who wants to come through. They will open the gates that evening. And, and why they- were they why were they closed previously? COVID. COVID. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is the first. For the last seven years of our life, it seems. All right. I know. But uh, yeah, this is the first time post-COVID that they are actually open uh, for business, so to speak. And, um, you know, Webster's Estate is a community that really gets into the spirit of the holiday. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for Halloween, a lot of the homes will decorate. They'll have candy out. They'll give out candy to kids. And more importantly, it's a really safe, like, loop that you can do with your children. Um, And there's not going to be any, like, traffic kind of in and out. Like, the entire neighborhood is, is on board with it. And they also tend to have police helping to direct the traffic on the outskirts of um, the community as well. So that's another option that has been added. I mean, there's tons of them around the island that get together and do stuff so the kids can, you know, get a little bit of candy and be safe doing so. So big shout out to the residents of the Webster's Estates area. Sounds fantastic. Those are All some right. of the headlines today. Happy Friday. Well, happy Halloween. Yes. Whatever you're up to Halloween this weekend. weekend. Maybe we'll see yeah. you Fest tomorrow at okay. uh, Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's for kids 11 to 2, and it's absolutely free. So hopefully we'll see you out there. 11 to 2 is the time, not the age. The time. I was just going to say it sounded like it's for kids. It almost sounded like an age that you're saying. It's for all kids. Yes. The time is from 11 I confused to the two. both of you with that? No, wow. you didn't. You didn't no, just, I knew. Was, just the way that it was said. I was like, hold yeah. on, 11 to what? I knew that you were talking about it. Yeah, it was just... 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yes. You said it's for kids. For those of you that yeah. are cognitively challenged. Uh, you get to kids 11 to 2. <laughs> uh, I know. We kind of went backwards with the age. That's not uh, that's yeah. know, but it wasn't really age. But anyway, right. yes, that sounds like fun. We'll see you Monday on Halloween. Yep. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Our segment was- I think I should dress up for Halloween. All right. Good morning, folks. Happy Friday, October the 28th. Here we go, folks. We're ready to kick it off. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold, hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. All right. Good morning, beautiful people. Happy Friday, indeed. I just got a little tickle in my nose there. Let me get my little tissue ready. A sneeze might be coming. Everybody says, your sneezes are so weird. It's because I actually um, have always (laughs) sneezed that way, but I don't like let go. Go figure. Yeah, maybe you're you're wound up a little bit tight based on how you sneeze. Anything is possible, folks. You got to just sometimes let it go. But I can't. I literally cannot. Um, (laughs) It is what it is. It's just weird, but it is what it is. Good morning, everybody. 
beautiful Friday. Looks like we're actually in for some rainy weather today. I see outside looks a little gloomy. You know, I don't mind a gloomy day. Some days I just don't, I don't need sunshine every day. Yeah. So gloomy weather makes you want to kind of stay inside and get cozy up. I love it on a weekend when you can stay inside and uh, you can, you know, pull up the, the um, lifetime movies and whatever. You turn the TV on, but you have no intentions of actually watching. You just want to fall back to sleep. Perfect days for me. So how is everyone feeling? Let me just send out my alerts to everyone in my uh, WhatsApp news group this beautiful Friday morning. Some people are just sitting there. Where's my alert, Missy? It's coming. It's coming. Rise and shine. So here we are. We got quite a few topics we do want to discuss this morning. But of course, let's put our Caymanian manners first. Good morning to Miss Vernita. How are you feeling? She's a little bit under the weather. I hope you're feeling better. Diamond Princess is here. Irvlin has it locked. Marshall joining us. Wee Wee, of course, is here. Miss Dawn, hello. Good morning. Felicia, Barbara says, good morning, everyone. Have a great weekend. Melita is here. And Karen. Everybody's a little bit quiet this morning. Hey, there's Mr. Hero Blair. He says, good morning, Sandy and my Caymanian family. Enjoy the weekend and stay healthy. So we have a couple of things that we want to chat about this morning. We are going to get to um, the whole thing. Okay. So we're going to get to the whole thing about the hysterics. Um of what happened in Jamaica a couple of days ago at one of their uh, local schools there. It is a little bit uh, weird, I must admit. Uh, today's Mailbag Friday, so we'll get into reading some of the mail. Um, basically just questions and comments and stuff that people send in. Some of them are super, super interesting. And so we will crack open the electronic mailbag and get to some of those today as well. So someone was kind enough to send me a video of the students, one of the students at that school explaining what happened. Because I got to admit, I'm a little bit confused myself. Um, so I'm going to, for those of you who haven't heard about this, I'm going to sort of go through exactly what this is. Let me remind you, the phone lines are always open, 936-2626, whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, do give us a jingle. We're happy to... Um, Take your call. You know, it's a talk show. We talk. That's what we do. So, yes, happy to take your, your phone calls. And um, I'm just trying to see where this comment, where this one is. Um, I know that we downloaded it. Okay, so I'm going to grab the video links for this. Um, the first one, we're, we're going to show you actually what happened at the school because it's like super weird. And then I've got a student who reached out to me yesterday from... Um, one of the local schools, and she had some issues or some concerns about how teachers are treating the students. And she has, um, I'm assuming it's a she based on the name, but um, this young lady is just saying that, you know, basically a lot of the teachers are disrespectful to students and she just doesn't think that that's cool. It's, uh, you know, when it comes to students, as parents, we have to navigate, you know, your kids come home, they tell you something, you have to um, sort of navigate what's going on. You know, it's it's not always an easy situation. Yeah. 
And, you know, naturally, I suppose, as a parent, you want to take your child's side. So if your child tells you X happened, you want to actually believe that that's what happened. But, you know, children do lie. Uh, Sometimes they're confused, like older kids get some of the facts a little bit off in terms of what might have transpired. And then other times, um, especially as they get older, they will just outright lie because they don't want to get in trouble or they want to get ahead of a situation. Like kids are pretty smart. Like they figure out, you know what, mom and dad are going to find out about this. Let me, let me give them my version of the story first. I'll put my spin on it. And then, um, you know, they'll believe me because I got to them first. So there are a lot of um, times when you, you've got to just be patient to figure out what's going on. You know, I, I feel like as parents, sometimes we're, we're like little detectives when it comes to our kids and to figure out what they're up to. But I think holding back a little bit and being reserved is oftentimes a good thing. Now, if you're a first-time parent like myself, honey, Joe, you know, Sometimes the mama claws like come out immediately when you hear your child saying, oh, somebody's bullying me. And then I, I, I always back up and say, in this day and age, that's like the new buzzword. And even at the age of like five and six, your kids have heard it and they think they understand what bullying means. And it's like, mm, that's not really bullying. How many of you, just a show of hands, everybody here today, we're almost pushing 200 already. Some people still waking up. Hello, it's Friday. Um, how many of you have been picked on in school? I feel like we all went through that to some degree. Like if you weren't the it kid, you know, you weren't the most popular kid in school. We all went through that. I went through it. I think my worst year was probably um, the seventh grade. It was really, really a tough transitional year for me for whatever reason. Um, in the U.S., you go, that's like middle school, but it's only one year. And so what I found, um, that particular school, it was just different, you know, and you're also kind of growing up, you're going from elementary school, then you do your middle school year, and then you move on to high school. High school was a little bit more structured. Um, I think it was also a totally different neighborhood. And there were so many more things at the high school level to get involved in that you could kind of like, the school was just bigger. So you could kind of find your little niche, right? So in high school, like, you know, I was more focused on, all right, this is it now, folks. This is a real deal. Um, you know, I, I found that in high school, my, my own mental um, situation just shifted because I recognize now that grades were really going to count. This is when they start to matter towards, you know, university and stuff like that. So maybe I just didn't pay it as much mind either. I probably got tougher by high school as well. But I found that, you know, the seventh grade middle school was really, really tough. And the kids were mean. And, you know, um, I'm sure I probably went home a couple of days crying. I never really got in any fights that I can remember in middle school. But I'm sure I wanted to. I probably wanted to punch somebody once or twice. Um, but I don't recall doing it. The only fight I ever had in school was in high school. I think I told you guys about this with this guy named Mike. And really, that was a that was straight up bullying. Now that I think about it, yeah, that was a bullying situation because he was tormenting me for months and months and months. And you know, I did everything that I could in terms of requesting to be moved from him. Um, he he only had one class with me; it was biology, and so I begged to be put in the front of the class. I might put him in the back so he's not close. And he just kept persisting. And so one day, I had to kick his butt <laughs> straight up. 
you know, um, but it was only after he put hands on me first because I'm not really a starter of a fight, but I'm a finisher. I'm the cleanup lady. I'm like, oh, yeah, you think you can hit me? You better think again, buddy. Um, but I do kind of feel like we've all been through some degrees of it. Uh, obviously, you know, some worse than others. And and there's no, I know that bullying is a, a newer word. We didn't call it bullying back then. But, you know, for a lot of us, we went through uh, that exact same thing. And it's not pretty, it's not nice, and it would be awesome if all kids were inclusive. And, you know, you have to remember that kids come from very different backgrounds. And so some of us come from backgrounds where we're taught to be inclusive, we're taught to not judge people just based on their appearances and whatever. And then other kids, just like their parents, um, probably in a particular women's group, are a little bit more sheltered, shall we say, on this beautiful Friday morning. So they don't you know, get to see too many Caribbean people. <laughs> and um, if somebody's a little bit different than them, then, you know, that could be a reason why they feel like they can pick on them. So my daughter had said something to me about, oh, you know, this little kid said something mean to her and um, he actually threw garbage or something at her. And, you know, like I said, my little mama claws were out. And I was like, show me that kid. I'll fix him for you. And then I was like, oh, when did this happen? Because I find that younger kids don't have a proper sense of time all the time. So sometimes she'll talk about something as though it just happened. And it was like a while ago and it's already been addressed. You know, you give the administrators and teachers at schools who, who are in that environment an opportunity to address it. The little kid wouldn't apologize, apparently. Um, talk about some rude manners. But, um, you know, they addressed it. They spoke to the parents. They spoke to us, whatever. And I said to her, you know, if it happens again, the first thing you always do first is tell your teacher. And I feel like if you've got really great teachers, which she does, then they will address it and they'll make sure that they inform us so that we know what's going on. These types of things you nip in the bud. You don't allow them to escalate um, into anything meaningful. And I, I find like a lot of the cases that I've heard about, it has been an escalation for whatever reason. And so that's when, unfortunately, it becomes um, that, that much more worse. You know, and, and hey, we grew up back in the day when people were not sensitive. <laughs> you know, they, they, there was no bullying term. There was no understanding of bullying. There was no psychological analysis of kids in school. And, oh, you know, the bully is actually being bullied at school at home. You know, maybe his parents are beating up on him. Like, we didn't understand. We we're like, okay, this kid is just, you know, picking on me. And if he keeps it up, I'm going to thump him into the ground or whatever. You know, there was a lack of cognitive understanding to these things. And I feel like we have advanced a lot and we have better conflict resolution skills. So up to a point, you know, we try to do all these other things to kind of resolve um, the problems. And I hope that all of uh, our children's problems can be resolved without resorting to any sort of physical violence. However, I'm also a parent that believes in send your child to that karate class, honey, because you never know one day might have to become Kung Fu Panda and just kick somebody and say, now you're going to learn some respect for me. You know, you keep rolling up on me and one day you're going to just kapow. And hey, all of a sudden you get a different level of respect. I bet you after I strung up Mike twice, he kind of got the message then not to mess with me. I'm no easy target. Um, So yeah, karate lessons soon come. <laughs> So anyway, um, parents, oh my gosh, we have so much to navigate. Can I just tell you oh, the academics of it all and then all these social things and, 
you know, getting your kids to socialize outside of the home, um, taking them to events and play dates and parties. And oh my gosh, it's a full-time job. I can totally get how some parents like, you know what? I just want to be a stay-at-home mom or dad and really just focus on the kids and take them to all the stuff that they have to do, all the extracurricular activities and so on. So um, uh, quite a few things going on this morning. We are waiting for the verdict in the Canova Watson and Bruce Blake case. So the, the actual... Um, the actual jury went out yesterday, so we are waiting on that. And uh, Kevin has just informed me that there's a storm watch, so there's something that is uh, is brewing out in the tropics. So we've only had one storm that we've had to really um, keep up with so far. That was kind of a close call, but the other things that they're brewing. Hurricane season does not officially end until I think it's December the first. But, you know, there's pre- and post-season storms. So we have got to keep an eye on all of these things. And we do have a caller who is joining us this morning. Hold on, caller. Oh, there we go. I don't know why my Bluetooth. One second, caller. Let me see if I can connect the Bluetooth today so we can hear you. And there we go. Yes, morning, caller. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, hello, morning. Morning, Sandra. How are you? I'm not bad, honey. How are you doing? I love to hear your voice when you call in. Well, thanks very much. Yes, yes and the same to you. I always like to hear you. Thank you so much. What is on your mind today? Yeah, I'm calling about the Cayman First Insurance. Oh, what Lord. is happening with them? Because I need to make a mm -hmm. payment this month for my house insurance, but right. I'm hesitant to make that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, we talked about it a few days ago, and they did send out, yes. um, you know, some sort of response claiming that they're having some growing pains because of um, some sort of system glitches. And, you know, all I can tell you is um, apparently they are having some, some issues, um, some issues relating to staff, some issues related to their systems. Um, I mean, I would certainly make the payment. You know, this is not a time. I was just talking about hurricanes. This is not a time that you want your insurance to lapse in any way. Um, so make your payment. Make sure you keep your receipt just in case their system oh, yes, doesn't reflect. Oh, I have all of my receipts. <laughs> yeah, just in case their payment does, their system doesn't reflect that payment. But personally, I also am a client of theirs. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am looking at alternative options. That's um, what I'm thinking right because now. Because I'm going to I'm going to tell you why. It's not so much about the glitches. And I had some physicians reach out to me again yesterday to say, Sandy, we need you to keep on top of this because they are still not paying, um, you know, the physicians. And these are, you know, these companies need to stay afloat, too. Um, mm -hmm. And apparently a lot of the medical and dental society members are um, really not pleased with Cayman first. But. What what is more important to me? I mean, it's important about the financial stuff if they're if they're not you know paying people and whatever, but it's more about how they're treating their staff, which are mostly Caymanians, right? And this concept of companies thinking that they can replace their Caymanian staff, bring in foreign workers who don't have a clue, mistreat mistreat local staff, you know, terminate people after thirty three years um, in a role with no notice, no nothing, and just the way that they do it and the way that they've been treating staff, 
That's the part for me that I don't like. And that is the reason why I am all, I myself, I'm looking at taking my policy somewhere else. Even if I have to pay a few dollars more, I want to support companies that do the right thing. And I don't, I don't feel like that's Cayman first. So um, I don't know what your policy date is when it is up or whatever. But what I would say to you is, um, you know, make, make the payment. Uh, keep, your, keep listening here because any additional information that we hear about, uh, we will certainly be updating our listeners um, in regards well, to that. So um, one person just said that came on first is saying that they have issues with health insurance only. Well, I mean, if they're having well, issues, mine is, home, mine is homeowners. Well, that's what that's what somebody just wrote in. But listen, it's one company, right? They can't right. they can't separate <laughs> like, oh, it's just health. I don't care. I don't care where your issues lie um, in terms of your business. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the staff issues are overall, right? It's not just. I mean, they, they got rid of, of, of a young lady who was there for 33 years and she's the operations manager and they claim that they've made their, the position redundant. How can you have a company without an operations manager? Okay, well, an ex-sister-in-law of mine has been working there. I guess she could have been there about 30 years, mm -hmm. but I don't know what position she has there, but she's mm -hmm. a long-serving employee of that company. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a friend I used to work with at another insurance company, and I have been calling her. She had been sending me texts and saying, oh, she's in a meeting now. She can't talk. And then I called her last night mm -hmm. and she said, she texted back and she said, I have visitors. Yeah. So I called her this morning and the phone just rang out. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Probably all of the people who work with Cayman First are scared to death because number one, since we have done this expose on them, they're trying to find the leak because they think they know who talked to us and who didn't talk and whatever. So they're going around on a witch hunt, claiming that they know who has spoken to CMR. So maybe she's not going to speak to you, even though you're a client. She's still not going to say anything because she doesn't want her job to be on the line, if you know what I mean. So I would right. say, yeah, I would say you're probably not going to get too many of them that are going to be willing um, to say much of anything right now. As a matter of fact, when we did the show on, what day was that? That was Tuesday, I believe. By Wednesday morning, they had an emergency staff meeting. And the reason for the emergency staff meeting wasn't to say, okay, we're aware of issues. You know, you guys need to bear with us. We're working, going through growing pains. None of that. It was to say, don't talk to the media. And, you know, basically we're looking for who's been talking to CMR. They're smart, but you're uh, smarter. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> they think they're smart, honey chill. But yes, you go make that payment for now and uh, just keep an ear out. I will. All right, honey. Yes, because I, I, I pay um, $310 for nine months of the year, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, and it's, and then I have never put a claim in or anything. So Yes. Yeah. I mean, the concern, obviously, for all of us is that if something were to happen, which we pray that it doesn't, um, you know, we, we want to know that these companies are, are solid in more ways than one and they can actually fulfill the claims and they can do it in, you know, in a reasonable manner. A reasonable amount of time, right. even. Um, so, but you yeah. see, they were all—they're all about getting the money, and uh -huh. then went like when I one came, they came up with all sorts of schemes about. Um, well, uh -huh. you didn't read the fine print. You didn't uh -huh. do this. And you didn't do that. You were but underinsured. You were this. You were that. Oh yes, yeah, you, you know, they just didn't want. They to had all kind out. of foolishness that they were telling us. 
Yeah, they're ha they're happy as they go along, but once a hurricane strikes, they come up in all sorts of foolishness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, honey. Sounds okay, good. You have, I'll, I'll keep listening. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Have a beautiful day. Okay, you too. Have All a right. nice weekend. Thanks so Bye -bye. much. You know, and, and that caller has the right, I think, to be concerned. I think we're all concerned. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm so concerned that I've, I've been looking at alternatives for property insurance. Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, listen, that's your home is your biggest investment and you are working overtime and triple time to try to keep a roof over your family's head. And so you do want to support um, organizations and, uh, you know, companies that you feel are definitely um, going about it the right way and doing things the right way by our Caymanian uh, workers in particular. So um, I'm definitely looking at options, which probably means that I'll be moving my business elsewhere. Sorry, Cayman first. You guys got to think about, you know, there, there are people who actually like good um, corporate um, citizens, right? We want corporations that are involved in the community and that give back and that treat their staff with dignity and respect and give them a decent wage, you know? And when I find out that you don't, whether you're a restaurant or it doesn't really matter to me, if I've got a choice, I'm going to look at my choices and take my business elsewhere. Like I'm very focused on um, supporting uh, organizations that I know are good companies. And if you're not, and you start to slip up, it's like, uh oh, taking my money elsewhere. Cause I work really hard for my money. And uh, I know some of that money goes to pay your Caymanian staff. And if you pay them so little that they have to be fleeing when they can get an opportunity to go somewhere else, that's not nice. And then you bring in foreign workers who you'll pay more and advance above <clears throat> your local staff. And, uh, you know, your local staff are just like, what's going on? We've got the years of experience. <sighs> this got me to thinking about Kanye West. Oh, my God. Hello, Anthony. Anthony's in Massachusetts. Are you on vacation? So it's kind of like, um, <clears throat> I got to be honest with you. Kanye West, the, the, the cancel culture that has happened with Kanye West is the biggest I've ever seen. This, this has reverbed the, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ripple effect of this, even bigger than what happened with the slap at the Oscars with, uh, what was his name again? Will Smith. And that was, that was an act of physical violence, which is pretty serious. But this has had, <clears throat> my God, the fallout is still happening. But part of the issue is, again, when you don't know or you don't understand crisis management, or the people who, because I, I suspect um, Kanye, or Ye as he's called these days, has people around him who have the knowledge and expertise, but he's such a difficult person to work with. He hired, um, uh, what's his name? The lawyer that was in the case with um, Amber and um, Johnny Depp. So he hired John, Johnny Depp's lawyer, right? The one who was like the female lawyer that everybody knows now, and she was in the forefront and whatever. After 28 hours, uh, she didn't want him as a client. It's because the dude is going through, he's bipolar. He's admitted it. We know it, whatever. I don't know if he's completely off the meds, but he seems to be going through some sort of a manic, psychotic phase. And he's not getting the proper help that he needs. 
And so he has literally, from a professional perspective, allowed his businesses to be impacted by um, this manic situation that he's going through. And it is most unfortunate because I got to tell you, he's no longer a billionaire, which is like big deal. He probably didn't even know how to spend billions of dollars anyway. But it's not just the big companies that are canceling the contracts with him. He had two um, young African-American men who were with his, um, apparently he's in kind of sports, uh, it's like a sports agency or something. They've dropped him. They're like, no, nope, we don't want any part of this. Uh, he went, he showed up the other day to Skechers unannounced because he he thinks it's like he has such an inflated ego as well. Like, I think there's a couple of things going on here. There's the mental health part of it, but he's also a prima donna, you know, narcissist. He just shows up and thinks that, oh, I can just walk into your business. And because I am who I am, you have to have an audience with me. They escorted him. They had him escorted out. They're like, dude, you didn't even call. You didn't have the courtesy to call. No appointment. We don't, we don't deal with people like that. And right now, we're not dealing with you like that because you don't have the clout that you think. I, I really feel sorry for his family. But I think that there's so much more to what's happening with Kanye. Um, and he just won't listen. He is just on a path of destruction. And once again, right now, no one wants anything to do with him. His Donda Academy, which I don't even know what the hell this Donda Academy is. He named it after his mom. And it's an unaccredited Christian private school, $15,000 a year. Uh He's already had to shut that down this week because the teachers were like, oh, no, we're not going to work with you. We're not going to teach at your academy. We don't want anything to do with you. And people seem to be confusing the issue a little bit. Like I hear some people saying stuff like, oh, you know, um, nobody can speak out against Jewish people. What about freedom of speech? This has nothing to do with freedom of speech. This is a man who is uneducated, first of all. I mean, I find it so interesting, right? Because I think a lot of times about um, that rap, rap, rap artist Tupac, right? Tupac was actually, you can say whatever you want about him, but he was actually a very smart person who was capable of understanding things beyond his years of experience and even beyond his so-called education. Kanye, um, not Kanye, Tupac was very well-spoken and he understood and sometimes when you listen to things that he said, interviews that he said, he understood a lot about the social dynamics of the world in which we live and we have to operate, right? And being a person of color who comes from the wrong side of the tracks, you're poor, you don't have the same reality as a lot of other people. The amount of money and position that Kanye has been able to acquire in his lifetime, let's be honest. To even be able to marry Kardashian, you have to be in a certain stratosphere, regardless of what you think of them, right? He has reached the epitome of stardom and, uh, you know, business clout, um, celebrity clout, all these things. And he is going to lose every single bit of it because he is filled with a degree of misinformation and hate and his mouth has zero filter. And it's like I said, it's not about freedom of speech. When you have listened to him long term and some of the stuff that he has said, I lost respect for Kanye a long time ago. This to me is no surprise. I'm like, okay, now he's going to understand 
that your words actually do have consequences and you can't go around saying any and everything. But if you listen to him historically, he has been someone that actually has been fascinated with the likes of Adolf Hitler, right? He once actually wanted to name one of his albums after the Nazi leader. I bet y'all didn't even know that. So when this dude walks around with a shirt talking about white lives matter, like, I don't know if he's just that thick in his head or, you know, if he believes all this foolishness, there's a reason why he could easily support somebody like Trump who has had a less than stellar record when it comes to minorities and respect for women and so on, because they're cut from the same cloth. So, you know, I don't, the dude is, is crazy. Uh, one person said that he'd praise Hitler by saying how incredible it was that he was able to accumulate so much power and would talk about all the great things he and the Nazi party achieved for the German people. Really? This is a man that annihilated and killed millions of people. So when you know this information about Kanye, you put his comments about the Jews in a very, very different category, in a very, very different box. This isn't a one-off slip of the tongue. Oh my God, I didn't really mean it. Um, no, this is someone who has demonstrated over the years that, um, you know, he's, he's got some serious problems. He's talking about reading Hitler's 1925 autobiography manifesto and expressed his admiration for the Nazis and Hitler for their use of propaganda. He, he's not, Kanye, there's something wrong with Kanye. I'm not a therapist, but I'm telling you, um, he has some, some issues. Yeah. And he has a very, very long, uh, you know, history of doing things that make you go, what? So I'm not surprised that cancer culture has finally caught up with him. One man yesterday posted where he had like 40 Yeezys. Obviously, the man got a lot of money to waste buying 40 of these ugly shoes. And um, he's burnt all 40 of them now to send a very clear message. Like he's not even going to try to resell them on, on eBay or anything. Van Lathan Jr., who's a former TMZ employee, uh, who confronted Kanye West during his 2018 interview at his offices in which West said, slavery sounds like a choice. This is what he said about slavery in America. And um, he also, Van Lathan also went on to say in a podcast that West also made anti-Semitic comments during that conversation that the outlet did not release publicly. So he's saying now, I'm not, again, I'm not, this is what Van Lathan Jr. is saying. He's saying, I'm not surprised by Kanye because he's been doing this for a while. The difference is people are trying to protect him. So even TMZ didn't release it. He goes on and I quote, I already heard him say that stuff before at TMZ. But the network or TMZ, the organization, decided not to publish it. He said, I was taken aback because that type of anti-Semitic talk is disgusting. It's like, I'm taken aback anytime someone does it, right? But as far as Wes, I knew that this was in him because when he came to TMZ, he said that stuff and they took it out of the interview. He said something like, I love Hitler. I love Nazis. Something to that effect when he was there. And they took it out of the interview for whatever reason. It wasn't my decision. So let us reflect on this little bit for a moment, right? Because all of this has implications in what we see happening, even right here in the Cayman Islands. I often talk about people who are enabling other people. 
Now, this interview is back in 2008. Had Kanye been stopped then, somebody would have maybe gotten him the help or he needs to get the help that he needs and he would be in a better position now. But when we allow people to do stuff and we're part of the cover-up, we remove the that part of the interview. We, you know, Miss K-Man, we pretend like it's not happening. We give her a pass and pass and pass and pass. Um, you know, child molesters. Oh, he didn't really mean to touch her in that way. Uh, you know, you allow them to continue to have access to your kids. These people don't stop. So there is something to be said for stopping bad behavior early on. And when you allow it to fester and you allow it to grow, uh, what do you expect is going to happen? So he has been a person with a long history, right? Um, now people are talking. Oh, yes, that interview back in 2018 when they removed it. He wore a White Lives Matter shirt during his Yeezy fashion show in Paris, October the 3rd, and dressed several black models, which I'm sure they didn't want to be dressed, in clothing with the phrase. And it's deemed a hate slogan by the Anti-Defamation League. And he then posted a private text conversation on Instagram between him and Sean Diddy Combs, in which he claims Combs was controlled by Jewish people. He followed that with a tweet in which he said he would go death con on Jewish people. And that is what resulted in Twitter blocking him finally. And it was that comment about going death con on Jewish people that has been the final straw for everybody. Everybody's like, you know, that, that's it. Um, so he said he would go death con three. And so people are now canceling him. They're done with this. And it's just, for those of you who have no idea what DEFCON is, because to be honest, I had to look it up. I was like, what the hell does that mean? Um, it's referring to the military term DEFCON. And I think that there's like different levels of annihilation. And so this is, is basically what it means, that, is that you're going to annihilate people. Um, so, you know, he's, he's trying to, I guess, justify his... Um, his comments. So there's this is the national security threat levels one through um, five. The lowest is five, and one is the highest. And so, you know, it's just it's just shocking that he has said something like that about you know. It, it just it's, it's it's really horrible, and nobody in their right mind can support what he has said. If you have an issue. And, and even having issue an entire group of people, like how can you say you have an issue with Jewish people? You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't even make any sense because people who control, they might be Jewish, but they might not be. You know, there's a lot of people in this world, you might want to talk about people who control the world because they have the financial means to do so. There was another hate speech. Speaking of hate speech, there was this guy in um, the UK talking about his, uh, you know, just ridiculous comments about the new um, prime minister of the UK. I don't know if you guys saw this when we posted it up on our platform. And the first thing that the guy says, I'm going to play a snippet of it here. The first thing that he says is, oh, this Indian prime minister, what does the fact that to do, you know, what does him having an Indian background have to do with it? If you have an issue with, okay, He's so wealthy that he doesn't understand the average person. 
And so he doesn't understand us having to wait six months to get a NSA, N, is it NSA? NSH, NSH appointment. Those might be some valid points of argument about his inability to connect with people, but it has nothing to do with his ethnicity. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's Indian. And, and for me, you say those comments to try to legitimize what you're doing, which is really hating on someone um, because of their ethnic background. And that's what this is all about. And we can't tolerate that. Just like I couldn't stand here and tolerate hate against people of color. I can't tolerate hate against Caymanians. I can't tolerate hate against Jamaicans or someone because they're Honduran. You know, I understand that at the human level, we are all open to prejudices. And a lot of it has to do, in fact, with how we were raised. Some of us were raised to hate people just because of where they're from. But we need to get past that. We need to, you know, allow people to be who they are, regardless of creed, color, whatever. You know, we need to talk about the dream that Michael, um, that, uh, that, uh, of course, his name escapes me, but you guys know who I'm talking about right now. <laughs> um, J, J, not JFK, hold on. MLK, Martin Luther King, <laughs> the dream that he had of where we can live in a world where those things are not how you judge people, right? In his famous uh, speech, um, you know, it, it's those things that it's, it, should, it should be about somebody's character is essentially what he said, right? The I, in the I have a dream speech about the, the contents of somebody's character, not their skin color, not where they're from, not, you know. But li listen to this little snippet. You'll find this one interesting. Morning. Am I the only one that thinks we don't want an Indian prime minister? Um, yeah, there, I've gone and said it. Um, so, Really? That, that's how you start out. And, and the fact that you've started out saying that demonstrates what this is really about. Because for me, anything else you say after that is, is just about, he's an Indian prime minister. It's all about hate. Right? And it's so sad that someone can attain the highest position in a country, prime minister, the first man of color. Because, I mean, trust me, Indian people are still considered people of color. Right. And then you have people who are sitting here still saying, oh, am I the only one who's saying that we don't want an Indian prime minister? This man has more money definitely than you'll ever see. He's worked hard. He went to two Ivy League schools. You know, he's put in the hard work and yet you're going to sit back and judge him just because he's an Indian person. Like what what does that have to do with anything? It's about hate. And so for for me, you can hate even when you're on the other side of it. So you can be a person of color that hates people. Kanye hates his own people. He hates people of color. You know, I don't, I think his poor mother would be so incredibly disappointed to see what he has been doing with his life. And so now the world is, is really on board and seeing what this man is all about. And they're saying, hold on a second here. This is too, this has gone too far. This is too much. Anthony says, I feel sorry for Ye. No one around him getting him the help he needs. This is, this is the age old question. 
he's an adult with resources and a mind of his own. Is it up to other people to get him the help that he needs? Or does he need to get the help that he needs? His wife tried. She had to divorce him because there is no controlling somebody like Kanye. So Anthony, you know, we have been on the same thing with Miss Cayman. Is it other people's responsibility to get her the help that she needs if she has a mental health issue? And if she knows that she has a mental health issue? Is it the mother's responsibility now that she's an adult? You know, someone was mentioning to me this court this week in court. They were sitting at a different angle during her trial, the beginning of her trial. And they actually saw her doodling and drawing on her hand the crown. And when they mentioned that to me, I was like, uh, okay. Was she doing that because she didn't even think she needed to pay attention during her own trial? Or was this a situation where she's trying to prove that she's crazy? Or what? Like, who sits there and doodles the crown on their hand in a court hearing? I mean, it does sound a little bit loopy if you ask me. But whose responsibility is it? Can other people save us? And I'm sure that there are good people around Kanye who have tried to get him the help that he needs. But at some point, you know, you have to step up to the plate and recognize that you've got a problem. Now, given Kanye's long history of anti-Semitic and even anti-Black comments, um, I, I'm not surprised. TJ Maxx don't want his shoes. And, you know, that's a whole TJ Maxx, Marshalls, all of them are together. Honey child, you know something wrong if TJ Maxx don't want to sell your stuff at a discounted price. They want nothing to do with him. They're basically saying that they're going to have to export. They're either going to relabel his shoes so that you don't know it's a Yeezy shoe, but it's just ugly as hell. And maybe you think it's some other shoe. Because I got to tell you, his, his fashion tastes don't impress me one bit. But they're thinking, oh, we'll export it to other markets. Like maybe some poor people in, I don't know, what part of the world, the Cayman Islands, might not look at this shoe and, and know that this is a Yeezy shoe and maybe they don't care. So they're going to try that. But some stores, Gap, had ended their relationship with him, but they were still selling um, his stuff. And they have now um, pulled all of his merchandise, Right? Chase Bank, J.P. Morgan, like nobody wants anything to do with him. They pulled his merchandise. They pulled on the website that was selling his merchandise. And, you know, it just continues. Documentaries have been dropped. Contracts dropped. He has had the biggest corporate cancellation that I have ever seen for anything outside of like, you know, obviously a sexual assault like um, um Harry, what's 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 the one Hollywood guy again? Oh God, I can't remember his name now. But you know, obviously he's jail. You know him and people like um uh oh gosh, I'm horrible. I'm really horrible at names today. But anyway, the ones that have done sexual stuff, that's different, right? So they're like going to court and um in jail and that sort of thing. Um, so you know. It, it's just, it's just, it's shocking.
But anyway, the fallout will continue to happen and Kanye will continue to talk because he just doesn't seem to get it. And uh, so you support companies, all of that to say, in the end, you support companies that are doing the right thing and you support individuals who are doing the right thing, even when you buy their products and buy their brands. So Cayman first. Sorry for you, but I got concerns. Uh, Tabitha says his delivery is wrong, but what he's saying, but what he's trying to do is not wrong. I'm not sure that that's quite right. Well, what is he trying to do? Which guy, Kanye or this foolish guy in the UK? You're speaking about Kanye? I think Kanye just doesn't like Jewish people. I don't know what they ever did to offend him or whatever. Um, Amelia says, why is everybody worried about the guy's money? If he doesn't want to make the money with these people, he doesn't have to. As I say, he got a cool deal um, out. Leave the man alone. All the black people like you always pull down. You always pull people down. Well, he's not a person who is for black people. So he's not going to get my support just because he's a black man. Let me be very, very clear about this. Because he has demonstrated when it's convenient for him, he doesn't like black people either. So this isn't about pulling down black people. This is about he himself doesn't like black people because when he looks in the mirror, he he must fundamentally have some sort of self-hate in himself. Right? I'm just saying. But when it's convenient for him to throw it at other people, all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, well, I married a white woman. It's like, who forced you? First of all, um, the Kardashians are not white. The Jenners are, but the Kardashians are Armenian. But he doesn't even see the distinction, but whatever. In his eyes, his ex-wife is white, okay. But you're acting like somebody forced you to marry her? You're the one who were who was oogling over her for years, even when you two were dating other people. You wanted to get with her. Because he has, in addition to his dislike of Jewish people, Kanye has zero respect for women. He is a narcissist to the 12th degree. And trust me, he doesn't like powerful women. That's why every single woman he gets in a relationship with, the first thing he tries to do is control how they look. Oh, I have to, because I'm this fashion guru. I have to give you fashion advice. I have to tell you how to, how to dress and whatever. And I can't believe that women in the 21st century are still allowing men to dress them in the name of, oh, I'm a stylist. You're no stylist, dude. Look at the shit you be wearing. Come on now. But they all fall into this, oh, I'm in love. Oh, it's Kanye. Yes, he can dress me. Shop, please. I would kick Kanye. You know where. Uh-uh. Um, but when you notice what he does, when the relationship is on the downturn, right, the way that he treats women, that is when you really know what he thinks of women. He is a very disrespectful man. Like I said, his mother is probably spinning in her grave. She's so disappointed in him. But he has no respect for women. None whatsoever. Go back and have a look at the things that he said and did when he broke up with Amber. What was Amber's name again? Um, the ball-headed girl that he was dating. I mean, he said all kind of vile things about her, about, oh, after being with her, how many times he had to shower before getting with Kim Kardashian. I'm like, really? If you want to talk about the sexuality of these women, and again, you know, fair is fair, Amber probably hasn't had any more men than Kim has. 
and Amber didn't put out a sex tape. And I'm like, listen, let, let's just be real here. This is Hollywood and everybody's sexing each other and they do whatever. They're very free. But how dare you try to slut shame Amber when you just married what people consider to be maybe America's biggest you know what? But that's, that's Kanye. That's him in his head. That is his complete disrespect for women. This man has no boundaries and he doesn't respect anybody. He doesn't respect people of color. He doesn't respect minorities, Jewish people, women, nothing. So this isn't about tearing Kanye down. This is about revealing the nature of who the man actually is. This is who he is. And you know what I keep telling y'all? Morning, uh, Sharonelle joining us from Nicaragua. Thank you so much. When someone shows you who they are, Stop thinking and giving them an excuse like, oh, no, that's not who they is. They're having a bad day. This and that. I mean, excuses upon excuses, but Kanye is who he is. Even with the mental health issues, he doesn't have to be this person. So I do hope he gets help, though, because I think that if he gets help and he's not in a manic stage, um, he would be able to control himself a little bit better. But as it stands, he's not able to do that. Uh, because of, um, you know, his ongoing issues. Anyway, good luck to Kanye. Came on first, please get your act together. Uh, there's a lot of people who are very concerned about what's going on at Cayman First. Caymanians, like I said, in particular, are very, very worried. We don't like organizations that are mistreating our people under the guise of anything and can't seem to get it, get it right. And I'm sure the last thing Cayman First needs right now is to pe for people to be calling in to question their corporate brand and culture and what they actually stand for. This is 2022. News travels, the things that you used to be able to get away with in the past, you can no longer get away with. And people have expectations. Thank you, Damien. Harvey Weinstein. That's what I was thinking of. Yes. Um. So, you know, OCM Production says, what's your thoughts on Candace Owens? I don't even know who this Candace Owens woman is. I've never even heard of her until this whole thing with Kanye. So it's, it looks like she's supposed to be some kind of author, but she has just jumped onto this Kanye bandwagon because she thinks that that's going to help her and, oh, she's going to give him a voice on her show and whatever. But from what I understand, she's decided now that he's too hot even for her. You see how your, your fair weather friends are? Hmm? She's a... Uh, American conservative. I I always think the people of color who don't understand when they when they when they support certain things, um, the the harm that they're doing. But anyway, you know, I guess that's her choice. But I do think that it's amazing that now that the the ish has really hit the fan with Kanye, um, she's now claiming that it was an experiment. Okay, it's it's just crazy. 
There's a headline here that Candace Owen is yet again spearheading Kanye West's own demise. <laughs> oh my God. Right? This woman, again, I guess she sounds like the female version of Kanye a little bit. Um, you know, everybody has a platform. We live in a world, somebody was saying to me yesterday, uh, somebody messaged me about a company and they're like, oh, I need you to look into this. And what's going on with this company? And I'm just like, sometimes I feel like people really feel like I have a lot of power. And I, I don't know that I have the power that people think I have, but people think I have a certain amount of power. And people are constantly calling me about stuff. People are wanting to talk to me. And someone said, you know, this, this is a lot of power, whether it's perceived or real or whatever. And with that comes a lot of responsibility. And I agree. And I think that when you have a platform, and in the case of people like Candace with over 4 million, you know, followers and social media and whatever, you reach a lot of people. And there'll be people who will sit down and eat up every single word that you say and believe every single word that you say. And so even from that perspective, you have a responsibility to be, even if you have your own opinion about things and not everybody's going to agree with your opinion, you have a responsibility to deliver that, I think, in a particular way. And to sometimes maybe even push the envelope about why you think about the things that you think about and why you have a particular opinion um, about something as well. Let's talk about religion. All of us here grew up in uh, a particular home with a certain um, number of values and, and, and things that are passed on from one generation to the next that we believe. So some of us believe in, you know, I've got friends who are Buddhists along my journey. I have friends who are um, and acquaintances who um, are Hindus. You know, they, they have all sorts of religious backgrounds. I have friends who are atheists. They don't believe in anything. They're like, just leave me alone. There is no gods or God or, you know, I'm not going to worship the, the cow God and I'm also not going to worship your God. Uh, you know, Jewish people have a different belief system than Christians. Even within Christianity, there's so many subsections of what has gone on here that it, it gets a little bit confusing. Um, thank you, Christopher. I was thinking of Amber Rose, yeah. And so people get really, really, um, you know, tied into their religious and cultural beliefs because that's how we were raised. If you were raised going to church every single Sunday, you read the Bible, this is what Jesus said, this is what God is, and you have this idea in your head about your religious beliefs, it is what it is. Our beliefs, right, are passed on. And when you look at the history of Christianity and how it started, then you had a break in the church between the Protestants versus the Catholics, and that was bloodshed and war. And entire dynasties literally all over the world were fighting and killing each other. And you've got to choose the Protestant religion um, over the, the Catholic religion. Uh, you know, y'all need to go read up your history on the UK, for example, and Spain and all these European countries who were having wars and killing each other in the name of religion. And it's the same God, but no, Catholics wanted to be in, and they were in control for a really, really long time. And so as they start, started to lose control, the Church of England was set up by Henry VIII, only so he could kill wives and, and um, you know, and marry as many as he wanted to and divorce them 
But because the Catholic Church didn't believe in divorce, he had to set up his own Church of England. And that's the Protestant religion. And people literally had their heads chopped off because they would not convert and give up Catholicism. So religious beliefs have caused more lives lost, the irony of it, a religion, and not just Christian religions, religions all over the world, Muslims, everybody, have caused more people to die than any other cause ever in the name of a God, in the name of religious beliefs. And it is really crazy when you think about it. So when I saw this situation in the Jamaican high school, and let's watch the video here now, it started to make me think about our religious beliefs. Because this is one of those things, it's mass hysteria. Most Jamaicans go to church. The irony of it is Jamaica probably has the highest percentage of churches anywhere in the world per square foot. Just like Cayman, every, every church, every corner in Cayman has a church. We have a bar right next door normally and a beauty salon. The three top businesses in the Cayman Islands, churches, bars and restaurants and salons. Because apparently you got to dress up to go to church and you got to dress up to go to the bar the rest of the week. And so for countries like ours, very Christian, everybody wants to go to church on a Sunday. Maybe you go one other day during the week. Our religious beliefs tend to impact a lot of our decisions that we make. What schools we're going to send our kids to. Some of you refuse to look at the academics of a school. You only want to send your child to a particular school because it has an affiliation with a church or it, it is a Christian school. You don't care that every single report that comes out says that that school is actually a horrible school and you couldn't pay me to send my child there. Y'all don't care about that. No, no, it's a religious school. It's affiliated with this church and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So we have religion ingrained in our fiber of who we are. And our children are raised the exact same way. But the irony of it is we have some of the highest crimes of, uh, against children, but we're Christians. Some of the highest instances of domestic abuse in the world, but we're Christians. Gun violence, but we're Christians. The murder rate is out of control, but it's okay. We're Christians. Drug use and all sorts of dysfunctional things, but we're Christians. And we all go to church. Have a look at this video. Let's, let's have a look at the video. So this happened at a school, I think it's called Oberlin or Oberlin something school um, in St. Andrews, Jamaica.
Okay, so some 200 students apparently had some sort of mass hysteria episode at this, um, I'm guessing it's a high school in Jamaica, where they were passing out. They were, um, I, I don't even know. Listen, it, it was, it's shocking to see what has transpired. So the backstory is that there was some sort of devotion at school at Oberlin High School. And during the devotion, the teacher says, oh, you know, you kids have a lot of issues, so we're going to pray the devil out of you. It reminded me a little bit of what happened here. And we still have not had a report from education and nobody wants to talk about it. How something like this could happen in a school where children in the Cayman Islands were being forced um, to have holy water sprayed on them and all kinds of stuff. Children who didn't even understand what was transpiring were forced to do certain things, right? All in the name of religion. Now, this is a big deal because of the number of students and physically the hysteria was causing mostly young girls to pass out and faint away. I got to tell you in modern times, I have not seen anything like this. This is crazy. This is verging on some sort of a cult situation here. Let's listen to one of the, we have a clip here from what one of the students who was there said actually happened. So listen to this. And of uh, Oberlin explaining school, so what took never, place. Me never leave my phone because I said I care at school. So the teacher that I pray this man, she talked about, she said Oberlin needs to change because the students are bad behavior. And then she started praying, speaking her tongues and all of that. Then a prefect girl, one of the prefect them, she go up and she say, she go up there and she get the, she, she take the mic from the teacher and she say, she no business if nobody want my car or anything. God says she will come say such and such and the girl says something and start speaking tongues and you see the grade seven and some of the other people them start fainting, grown, some drop down, some start giving us. Sorry, and then I rush with them, them start run, rush with the people them a drop down over the nurse. And I did that and Pitney started dropping again. So me and my friend them did get freed now. So I'm just going at the back corner of the bathroom. Yeah. And all of that started up and everybody started dropping about. When them dropped down, everybody has screamed. Yeah, Pitney has screamed, some showed out Lucifer. And everybody does that ground, some has spit. Some has say some of them are crying, saying, my come, my come. And the girl, the girl, the prefect, when I speak in her tongues, I say she want wolf in at the school and she can't see it. And it can't, you know. And even, I did have a friend in there. And I see her on the ground. I ask her, what she are doing there? I ask her, what she are doing, what you are doing here, so And she look at me and she say, repaint. She, she literally called me name and she said, repaint. And I said, what do you mean? Some, and then another girl look at me and said, all the situation ain't alright, man. And then we come out. Because me did traumatize and meanwhile everybody Meanwhile everybody traumatized the teacher them I say go go on in at the class, go sit down and get some filler in. But why students always go in at the class when they traumatize and them see all of that? And Pitney can't go learn when them see all of this. 
and them never want nobody go home <clears throat> until I call my, call my parents and everybody say I call them parents. Pitney has screaming everything. Me personally, I think it's a demon because all a possessive person that be so. Would that be so? I'm one of the girls them they do possess. And she has scream and she has flick up in the year. She has behave. And them say it not done. Mm? One of them say it not done. It's going to happen again. So, basically, I don't know what they say. But me no say me not. What a mess, um, folks. So, on the face of it, this looks like um, this is some sort of hysterical situation. There's something called mass hysteria that you should look up if you've never heard of it before. And it happens in religions all the time, actually. And it, it's one of the things that happens at church. You ever notice that you go to church and you can sit down. So to define mass hysteria, in case you might not be familiar with the word, so let me not assume that you know what it is. It's an outbreak of unusual and uncharacteristic behaviors, thoughts and feelings or health symptoms shared amongst a group of people. Let me explain to you how it works. We see it in churches all the time. There is a, there is a religious element to mass hysteria that is quite interesting. Anybody familiar with the Quaker religion? We have any Quakers in the house? Um, there are certain religious beliefs, certain religions, where you sit in quietness and meditation. Good morning. Good morning. Sunday, how are you? Yes, Brother George. I'm good today. How are you? Um, very interesting. Very interesting topic. I, yes. What do you I think? Don't, I don't. I, uh-uh, no, I know, I know, I know going there. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got you, you and me, you oh, too, that. Oh I my can, gosh. I, I, I can't get there, but um, <laughs> could I have a minute to speak on another topic, please? Sure. Just to put my opinion. Yeah, okay, well, I guess you knew that I grew up in Georgetown in Proclamere Street. Mm-hmm. And years gone by, I remember I used to go in the North Sound myself. Um, he's deceased now, uh, my good friend Jesse Arch and Mr. Um, Mr. Uh, Ramon there, those Ramones from CN, mm-hmm. and especially Ashley, Ashley Ramon, mm-hmm. especially those days. We would go in the North Sound and we would get punks. Mm-hmm. We will get lobsters. And I think today, or is it today that the, that this punk season is open? Uh, is today's I, it believe, open? I believe it's, it could I be. Think so. yes. I, I think so. I'm not sure. I'm not 100%. But anyhow, because I was here advertising yesterday, and I had to laugh. They said, well, um, five... Um, Counts per person or five counts per boat, something like that. And I am saying to myself, if the people that is regulating this thing, it starts on the first. I'm told, count season. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If these the, these people that are regulating this thing, I don't think that they are Caymanians. That's one thing, because 
when you buy five cooks, because you got to buy them first, unless you got marinate them. But if you're going to cook a conch dinner, you got to boil that conch and the conch strings up. Mm-hmm. And if you've got three people in your family, you're going to have to use three or four pounds of flour to mix them up with to make that go around. I know we must preserve to get reproduced. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is many people, many people don't eat seafood, period. We mm-hmm. got a lot of people in Kenya doing seafood, period. And the part is with the, that, what, what, and I'm, I, I, I have experience with, 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 with conking lobster. I know I'm going to tell you that. All of my life, I, I dealt with them. Many people that are not Caymanians, could be some Caymanians too, go and they take the conch, they don't eat them, they just take them, take them out the shell, and what causes the conch to, to go away is when you take out the shell and you drop the shell all about, or even where you got the conch from, they, they, they go out further sometimes, they mm-hmm. disappears. And the part with that, my father always told me, he said, long as you live, you can't die out the conks if you use them or eat them the right way. In other words, you go and you get just enough for yourself or your family. Mm. But the people, I have watched people getting conks and they don't eat them. Sometimes they use some of them for bait and they just destroying them. And that is what causing the problem. The same thing is the lobsters. Because I remember, and I know, Miss Andrea, maybe you, you, you know this, this era that I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the 60s. No, I'm going to that before my time, you know. Oh, okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Way before well, my I know, time. I, well, I, know, I, I know your mother and your father know. Yeah. We used to go in the North Sound Pass, you see, and the Ramones and those people, they used to have those drums, those iron drums, full with water and mm-hmm. wood underneath there, burning it. And as the boats would come in, they would just drop them lobsters down in there, and people would eat those lobsters. They sold some, not as many, but they sold some, and everybody ate, had lime, a little bit of salt and after they were scalded. But what is happening in Cayman, the people that, as I say, come here, I see many people, I go up in North Town, some Sundays, and watch people bring in the punk, and they don't eat them. Mm-hmm. They're just taking them out and destroying them. The same thing is the lobsters, because the lobsters that I see that they're selling in the store, the North Sound had lobsters big, I mean, very big. And I remember days and days we would go there with um, bath pan, those old aluminum bath pans. We get 200, 300 pounds, but what we would do, bring them ashore and share them with people that we knew that eat them. 
You understand? But the people is coming here. They're destroying him. I see him catching fish all like six inches, four inches, destroying the sea life. And that is what I am thinking about. The people that is controlling these um, these zones, if a Caymanian family want to go there and say they want to get a conk, you know, Fine, cooks can't feed nobody because it got to shrink up before you can cook that conk. Fine, cooks shrink up, and now you're not getting the size conks as we used to get before. But it's a shame. Mm. I think that the, 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 the government should check on these people, mm-hmm. really, or give, give certain license for people to get these that we know that would put them to good use and not destroying them. And that's what caused it because you you can't kill a conk. You can't kill a lobster. But they throws them, just pick them up out of the water just for fun. I have saw people on boats doing the same thing. Mm. And I don't know why the government won't put a regulation on the people say, well, you use a fisherman, you can get this license or get that license. People mm-hmm. fishing in from shore, catching the fish the same way. So, you know, Cayman is going to hell in a handbasket. No, no, nobody cares no more because mm-hmm. the Caymanians, the real Caymanian, they look very like afraid to talk. I think the Caymanian real afraid to talk. That's what happened because we are gradually going to be in the reservation like how the American Indians is. That's how Cayman becoming. The real Cayman got go up east and up high rock. And the rest of the island will be for the foreigners. Mm-hmm. You have a good weekend, Miss Andin. God right, bless love. you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. So we do have someone who's commenting on, on that caller's um, comments. And they said, Kunk season is the first. It's five per person. So if each person in the family goes, they can all get five. So his argument is invalid. If a family of two or more is on a boat, they're limited to 10. So would be at a disadvantage. A family of two or more. Okay, this gets a little bit confusing, but anyway. (laughs) Lobsters being sold in stores are usually not local. They're imported in. And the government are the ones who set the law. They are Caymanians. (laughs) So um, I don't know. I'm not really, um, despite what the caller thinks, I was not even born in the 60s. I don't know anything about that. But what I would say is, and I'm not really a boater or a fisher, like I'm not going out there getting conk and lobster for myself. In fact, I'm not likely going to be the person even cooking it, to be honest. I've cooked conk once and it didn't come out too bad. Uh, my pie was a little bit thick. But I, I think that we need to understand that the ocean is not an infinite resource. And it doesn't have, as we've seen, there's overfishing, there's over, you know, people are taking everything out of the water these days whether it's even of a decent size or not. So I think that the reason why they have certain closed seasons is because we're trying to preserve what little is left. There are some people who think that we shouldn't even have a conch and lobster season on an annual basis, that they should close it for years at a time and allow the local waters to replenish before. But of course, you know, that'd be quite a hard sell on any government, but you know, it's trying to preserve what's what's there and to allow people to eat, but you don't have to overeat everything that's in the ocean. 
And so I understand the caller's point that you barely get enough for a little meal, but how, how many of us could cut back on the amount of kunk that we want to eat in any event? You know, do we need more than a few little pieces in a meal? I, I think we have to give and take. And when it comes to Mother Nature being exhausted in terms of resources, there has to be some give and take. So someone has mentioned in relation to the hysterics with the schools, they say that that school belongs to the United Church of Jamaica and the Cayman Islands. What, what schools here are affiliated with the United Church? Is prep school affiliated with the United Church or is that... um? So you have PrEP, you have Catholic, you have Truth for Youth, you have Triple C, Grace Academy. These are some of the Christian schools. Is it triple? Is it um, PrEP that is United Church? I can't remember. But anyway, um, this is a mess of a situation. And for me, this has nothing to do with demons, as the one girl said. Like, she's not going to... It's so funny because the little young lady there who gave the explanation... She's not going to accept the um, religious belief in a way, but she's going to accept that it's like of the devil, like these people are demons. I say that this is just an example of mass hysteria where you have an outbreak and, and people just fall in line. It happens all the time. It's one of the reasons why they had the witch hunts of the 1600s and stuff like that. Because somebody was a little bit different than you. There's this mass hysteria that something was wrong with them. Burned them at the stakes. Witches, witches, witches. And, you know, it's just that people are different. And these people are not witches. And they didn't have any supernatural powers. And none of that was going on. I was saying before the caller that if you were familiar with certain religions, like um, the Quakers and stuff, where they just sit down in church and they just quietly meditate, right? You go into their environment. That's, that's the kind of church that I like. I like quietness, Joe. I'm not into the hoopla and the backflips and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, you know what? Give me a church where I can sit in a little pew, open up my Bible, have a little moment of devotion, a couple of Psalms, and maybe one or two little songs. And I'm just going to close my eyes and reflect on my behavior that may not have been Christian-like and think, okay, how am I going to change that now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we're done. And I go home. I don't need no long drawn out sermon from nobody. When you go into a church that is a bit more animated, let me use that word. And I've seen a lot of churches in Cayman. Ooh, honey child. And you know what is so weird? If you didn't grow up in an animated church, it feels so different when you go in there. And there is this, you call it whatever you want. You want to call it getting the Holy Ghost, getting the Spirit, whatever. But you are definitely impacted by the people around you. And you are more likely than not to fall in line and do what the people around you are doing. So the first person to allegedly speak in tongues, and y'all can look up what speaking in tongues is about in your Bible and, and decide whether you believe it or not, because there's a line of thinking in religion that supposedly if the speaking in tongues cannot even be interpreted, then the person really isn't speaking in tongues. Mm, what a hot mess. Anyway, people start saying things that they say is speaking in tongues. Other people then jump up almost immediately and they start speaking in tongues. And then people start dancing and prancing and the foot stomping and the yelling and the screaming and the hallelujah. And oh, Jesus. Yes. And people start getting hot. Listen, 
human nature very, very simply says, as soon as that first person jumps up, it takes the one person to catch the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, everybody else falls in line and catches it. It's called mass hysteria, folks. Not the first time. Um, it's a lot of people in schools, a lot of underage children, 200 children that were impacted by this. Good morning, caller. Morning, Sunday. All right. How are you? Listen, uh, you see, back in the day, they're all days. This is mm-hmm. my belief, and my belief system alone. Back in the old days, people never know about the different languages. Right. Understand? Yes. The Spanish, English, French, and thing. Mm-hmm. So when that next person get up and attack in that language, they will have somebody else interpret it. No, in these days now, everybody know every language. Mm-hmm. Not everybody know about the language is different. Everybody can interpret. So when somebody in the church attack, a language is supposed to be a language where a next person know and can interpret it to the, the audience. Mm-hmm. What, do, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, the, the question is, because most of it isn't a, a language at all. I mean, it's not a language that anybody knows when people are talking in tongues. So what is it? I'm supposed to get beaten with whips to come out of the church. So you think that when people speak in tongues, it's not another language, that it is something else of, of some evil nature? Of course, it, it, a modern day is now Sunday. Mm-hmm. So somebody are going supposed to understand where, 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 what, what language you're speaking in mm-hmm. and can tell the other people who don't understand that language what you are saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is just my little belief. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, religion, like I said, we all kind of raise up feeling a little bit differently about it. Um, You know, this situation has highlighted some concerns because even some of the institutions now in Jamaica are saying, hold on a second. Um, Does government need to step in and remove devotion out of the schools? Now, keep in mind that the schools right now are struggling with constant fights we have students stabbing each other. We have teachers. There was another video just yesterday of teachers, you know, fighting physically with children. They're beating each other up. There's a lot of lack of discipline in the schools. And people think back, that, that Christianity come, brings in discipline. They come back home to home training and uh, what the family structure right. and the belief system of the family. You know? Yes. Now we're talking. Because mm. it all comes back to that, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Right? And and you have to try to educate your children in the best way possible. Uh-huh. That's them can know what is what is right from what is wrong. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not trying right. to get me personally trying to get re- caught up in a religion and politics too mm-hmm. much. In, yeah, like, I know. I know the feeling. Up, mix up. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. the feeling. Trust me. Okay, I appreciate then, the call. Have a good day. All right, dear. Thanks. Okay. All righty. Nine three six two six two six. What are your thoughts on this, folks? So here is another one. Um, the education ministry has obviously launched an investigation into this whole situation. They're trying to determine if protocols to guide devotion in schools need to be revised as a result of this. I mean, several hundred students were involved in this and passing out and all kind of stuff. The Association of Christian Communicators and Media has said 
um, that the ministry must take into account the fact that the public school system, for the most part, was established on moral and legal foundation grounded in the Christian faith. It's on this solid foundation that the majority of the, the traditional institutions of learning were built, the group has said in a statement, noting that Jamaica is now contending with a series of negative events. But do those negative events have anything to do? Because it goes on to say, the extraordinarily high rate of crime and violence in the wider society is clearly spilling into or onto school compounds and the nation is becoming a dangerous place. I want you to understand though, keep that in light of what I said earlier, that Jamaica has one of the most churches per capita, which means that you have more people going to church in Jamaica and believing in God and believing in religion. And yet you have an extraordinarily high rate of crime and violence. How does that even make sense? How does that juxtapose? Could the issue be that religion and your religious beliefs has nothing to do with criminality? And it seems to not have a positive impact on criminality and crime and even morality. Because you go to church and you claim that you're a Christian and you're involved in all these activities, but guess what? still doing the most sinning in the world. It just, it just doesn't make any logical sense. So even though our institutions and our schools were largely built on Christian values and Christianity is what they're saying, I beg to question how impactful has that really been? Keep in mind, I want y'all to remember the history of why you are a Christian to begin with. That was not your religion when you came from Africa as a slave. Christianity was forced upon you. They have changed the course of who you are as a people. Your religious beliefs were completely different. It was because of missionaries deciding we want to spread the word of this particular religious beliefs and we will go into the nooks and crannies. It was your slave owners that were beating you into submission, holding up a Bible that they did not want you to learn how to read and telling you that this is all part of God's work for you, that you had to be a slave and they justified everything that they did to you and said, it's right here in the good book, it's in the Bible. So you must believe and you must fall in line. Hmm. Should schools have devotion, or do we leave that to the churches and the parents to teach your family and your children about whatever your Christian, non-Christian, religious, non-religious, whatever your beliefs are on that level, is that something for the schools to even be involved in? These are some of the broader questions because, I mean, obviously this school has had a disruptive event and as the young lady said in the audio note there, she's saying it's not over. That they're telling her there's more to come. The students are planning more of these things. Meanwhile, they're not learning like they should be, I suspect. Uh, someone says, morning, um, they're not supposed to speak in tongues unless an interpreter is present. And these are the rules, apparently, of, of speaking in tongues. An example of tongues is... If you preached, if you're preaching in Spanish, and I don't understand a word of Spanish, but I understand every word you said, to me, that's the true spirit of God 
doing the translation quietly. And number three, God is not an author of confusion. All of my experiences witnessing the cacophony of multiple persons speaking in tongues, I felt more than confused. How can you feel the spirit of God if you're confused? Huh. Child. Like I said, I think the Quakers are onto something when they say you sit down and you have a quiet little devotion, my dear child. Um, sometimes I go to church and I see more dancing and twerking and, and, and shaking and stuff than I see up in the clubs. This person goes on to say, plus, why would God want you speaking in an unnatural tongue and fling down yourself, exposing yourself? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain any of it, to be quite frank. I myself, I'm confused. And um, who, who likes to be confused? Who, who likes a state of confusion? <sighs> what a mess. Oberlin High, what a ting. Anyway, I hope that whatever is going on at the school, that they can get it under control. Um, I'm hoping that they can. This is a private school, yes? Um, it says it's located in the West Rural St. Andrew area. Started in January of 1946 as Oberlin College. Now it's a high school. Some of the headlines, listen to this one. Children dropped like flies. Hell broke loose at Oberlin High after teacher told school God wasn't pleased. So a Christian woman who delivered one of the many Oberlin High School students who were possessed said she had to work overtime to rid the child of the demon that had taken up residence in her. Um, so this woman, Isselin Black, who's a member of the Greater Works Apostol Apostolic... Apost Apostolic? Apostol, yeah? I think that's how it's apostolic work of Praise Church in Lawrence Tavern, St. Andrew, said that the student was brought to the sanctuary for deliverance from being possessed. So we this other person says, we saw a student from Oberlin and the power of God move. The girl was looking so fierce and was reacting in a way that was not of herself. How would she know? She doesn't even know the girl. Anyway, said Black, who spoke in tongues during the interview. Classes at the school were disrupted when this happened. All students began displaying, after students, sorry, began displaying uh, strange behaviors. And um, some have interpreted as demon possession. A teacher who had reportedly informed the administration that she had a word and wanted an opportunity to share began speaking in tongues, and shortly thereafter, the spirit began to move through the school. And they have spirit in quotes. According to the school principal, Antoinette Gray, it appeared that during the worship, some students were overpowered by the anointing and started to worship aloud as well. And some students had to be taken to the school nurse because they could not control themselves. Others fainted, some of whom had to be transported off the compound for medical attention. A staff member said that the students dropped like flies after the teacher began praying. And she was saying that God wasn't pleased with what was happening in the school. And as she said, amen, a child ball out, hallelujah. And then after that, all hell broke loose. Children started dropping like flies and it was mostly girls. What does it mean that it's mostly girls? I found that this was kind of interesting. Um, the fact that, and it was mostly girls. Does that mean that girls are a little bit more impressionable? 
when it comes to hysterics and others, it is a very interesting question about why it was mostly girls. But let me finish reading this call. I'm coming to you. Give me one second. Um, it says that they were acting wild and speaking different and weird voices. Some were fainting and screaming. This is at firsthand accounts. Um, it was pure, pure chaos. And in the first, and it is the first time I've ever seen anything like this, says one person. Children were all fainting and dropping on the road like flies. It was like demons were on the loose and got into them. This is what a staff member said. Um, Black said that the child appeared possessed and that she sought intervention from God who gave her certain instructions, which included using the use of olive oil. I wonder the olive oil driving the devil out of my food when I using it to cook with. Anyway, um, when I did it the first time, the girl was still looking at me fierce. And when I said, when I did, so I did it with the spirit said again, and then she fell to the ground on her back and some other church sisters were there working on her. Lord Jesus. The spirit told me to point some olive, no, to put some olive oil in her mouth, but she wouldn't open her mouth. The spirit say the demon is in her and is looking at people. The spirit say, throw the water in her eye. What? Oh, water, not the olive oil. Oh, Jesus, thank God. And me throw the water and she opened her mouth, same time, and spit out back the olive oil after it went down her throat. Okay. Uh, Black, who said that she's an evangelist, said minutes later, the student returned to normal. The devil is raging like a roaming lion, so we need to pray and fast more. You have to do or touch something that entertain or invite the demons in. If one is invited in, that, then it's going to litter the place and more prayers are needed to in the schools. We need to call upon God, she said. However, it is likely that the nature of devotions in school could be changed to exclude fiery ministries because of this. What a mess. The Ministry of Education, uh, Minister of Education, uh, what is his name? Faval Williams said that her ministry will be implementing protocols for school devotion exercises. Carla, what do you make of all this? I don't have a good Catholic, we mumble. <laughs> Catholics don't get into hysterics. <laughs> well, we mumble. Yeah, we, they, we, we, they we mumble and then have a, little bit of, have a little bit of Hail Marys and that's it. I count them, I count them on always. Um, but you know what is, what fascinates me, I'm fascinated by it because I go to any church. Catholics don't want to hear that, but I do. Um, mm -hmm. What fascinates me when you go to these firebrand churches, I've never seen a pastor in the spirit. It is always only the congregation. And he turns it off and he turns it on according to the time on his hand. Always checking the watch. Always checking the watch. So, I mean, I don't think that God, I, I believe in God and I think God is there. Mm -hmm. Because he tells me that he knows my quiet thoughts. I don't need to be hollering at him. Mm -hmm. When I holler at God, it's because these people around me has aggravated in my spirit. And I just tell him to come quickly. Because he said I could do that too, to ask him to come expeditiously. But what mm -hmm. I was originally calling for, the word is apostolic. Apostolic. No. <laughs> it had me stumped. Yes, mm -hmm. thank you. Okay, no, sometimes that coffee don't be just right. You need to drink coffee, stop drinking that bloody tea. I want to do it by coffee, you know, that, that kind of thing. 
in, in, in the meat. And as for the people that take, you know, so much and don't take anymore, and some people take all that they can find from the from the oceans. I mean, I, I don't know what the solution to that is, but it just makes me know that there needs to be a solution because I've seen people, so I would say I've seen I've witnessed people with snorkels and goggles on around about the five o'clock hour, right there on um Bayside, going 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 to the north. By Burger King area, picking the simplest little things from the underside of the rocks and put them in a dive bag. They're right there. They're not out in the ocean. They're right there, goggles and snorkels and fins, and they're just picking a little handful and dropping in a dive bag. I don't even think that the dive bag can hold them. They're so small. And 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 to me, all kinds of sea life are on the rocks that time of evening. Mm-hmm. So they're not even particular. It's, what, it's whatever is there. It's not, I'm looking for wilts. Mm-hmm. Because I like to, they, they just pick off anything. So unless and until we familiarize people with what we require of them when they, um, when, when they come to our country, migrate to our country, I'm from on the airlines, we need to make this begin to make this straight even before that. But just say when they get on that plane, when they get on the planes, we need to be telling the people what time it is, and they just jump on it. They they can't do what they want to do, especially with the marine life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When it is that Caymanians depend for economy's sake mm-hmm. on the marine situation, some to build a life for their families. And other people just eat a meal. Yeah, people can't come. It, it's at Smith Market. There, sometimes when you go up there in the rocks, you see all kinds of things. Mm. That's not done by Caymanians. Yes, and the government knows this. It's not somebody. But let, let me let me public. let me ask you a question, um, caller. Does it matter when it comes to protecting our resources? And like I said, there's a finite amount of lobster in the sea and exactly. fish and everything else. Does it really matter if Caymanians are the ones who are going to destroy that? No. Caymanians seem to feel like we we have a birthright to the ocean because we're Caymanians. And we can deplete the ocean as much as we want just because we're Caymanians. But when it's gone, the ones that it's going to impact the most is us as Caymanians. So I think we need to get out of this mindset. That's a double-edged sword. To be honest, if it's going to be depleted, let it be by Caymanians because they don't have that greed for it. When you see one or two Caymanians doing that, that's a drug habit and, and there's a place for them, but they need to go before the courts too, just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Marine Park by um, rules and regulations are there for a specific reason and I can't fault the reason I fault mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, the outcome, I can't get what I want when I want it, but I understand. But these people don't really care. And just like down down West Bay area, when they come in at Barkas, mm-hmm. they will get a shrewd awakening. It should be island-wide. And I know, like you like to say, that costs money, but there has to be. And I do believe some of these people can be made examples of, mm-hmm. and that involves work permits, et cetera, et cetera. 
Because mm-hmm. Kimaya is part of the generation that you take everything and you leave nothing. We went, we took, we shared. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. And, and I'm like, four and fifties, I'm gone. All right, my dear, appreciate it. So um, I guess the question really becomes as it relates to that particular issue, um, does it matter who's destroying the environment? I mean, I, I would think that Caymanians would want to protect it more, but I, I think her problem is we've not come to terms with, as the previous caller, Mr. Shillette said, back in the 60s, we could do this. A lot has changed since the 60s, my love, and we don't have the resources anymore that we previously had. So if the resources are simply not there for you to get an unlimited amount of Kunkin lobster, even during a controlled season, what what are you going to do? Right. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, caller. Good morning, honey child. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. I'm good. As you would say, blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored beyond all measures. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> What's going on? My darling, I'm looking for some advice from you regarding a situation. Mm-hmm. We have a senior who had um, rented a young man uh, room in her home. Mm-hmm. And the lease had been up for quite some time. And she did not has not renewed the lease with him because he's very violent. He has been threatening her violence. Um, and uh, her tenants as well, he has been threatening them violence. And the police was called and he cursed out the police. He, he threatened the police and this young man is still in the senior's house. Knowing that he had threatened violence to the senior, his lease is up. The police is telling her that she have to go to the courts and um, file for for a letter from the court to evict this person out of her home. Is that possible? Well, yes, it's possible. You can go to court and have that done. But um, but if if if. Mm-hmm. If he's threatening her violence and living in her house, mm-hmm. I feel that if, if he's there threatening this senior, and bear in mind, I'm saying a senior, if he, this young man is threatening this senior, I would, and if it was me, I would be in a very awkward, uncomfortable state knowing that this man is threatening me violence and I can't get him out of my house. That is not a safe combination right there. Um, I mean, I'm surprised. What what has he said exactly to threaten her? Well, she did have not gone into exactly the details of well, what he has that's said. That's probably what she needs to. That's probably what she needs to do if she calls the police is give details. Um, you know, because. Well, I understood uh, as far uh, what I'm understanding because she did come to me, and what I'm understanding is that she did um told the police what he has threatened her with, her and her clients with, and nothing was done. But the mere fact that this was done and this was informed to the police, I don't see. I think this is insane. If the kind of threat that she's saying that he told she she related the threats to the police. Why is this man still, this young man, still inside of the senior's home? And the well, seniors with, there without, living in. Yeah, without knowing the exact threats, I mean, I can't really answer that question. 
Um, you know, obviously, what rightfully or wrongfully, the police probably didn't think the threats were were that meaningful if they haven't done anything from a criminal perspective, which again, they could be, I mean, I'm guessing here, they could be off the mark. I mean, nobody really knows. Um, but this is one of those things, caller, that I think people have to be very, very careful who they let in their homes. It is challenging to get people out of your home, even as tenants, where you have a signed contract, the police, they'll run to the police and the police will say things like, no, you can't shut off the utilities. You can't do this. You can't do that. To forcibly remove someone um, from a home is a process and it takes time. If that person doesn't want to leave, it can cause all sorts of confusion. So what I think the lesson here is be careful who you let in in the first place. That is true. I agree. But I, I'm also learning that about three of his previous um, in, um previous um what we call it the, the tenants landlords mm-hmm. changed put his stuff outside and changed the locks because of his said okay. behavior. So lesson, so when he lesson came, number, he lesson number two, in. yes, lesson number two is always conduct reference checks. When somebody come to you, don't be renting to them out of desperation. Ask them for one or two references from people that they have rented from in the past that you can then call and verify what kind of tenant they were. Because again, you don't want any and everybody up in your house. Especially when it's your personal house. It's not even like a another location, you know, where you don't have to deal with them every single day. Because, of course, it's it's horrible to hear that this um, man is is threatening this elderly person. So that, that would be, yeah. you know, some of the recommendations. Because sometimes we have to run from trouble. And we just have to know how to avoid it. But she can obtain, there is a court order that you can get to forcibly remove someone. But of course that will take time. I suppose she can apply on an emergency basis um, given the, the nature yeah. of what the allegations are. Yes. And in the meanwhile, her, her electricity is running and he's using it up mm-hmm. and not paying anything mm-hmm. because his lease is up. Yeah. Wow. It's a tough situation. Does she have anyone who can help her? He's renting a single room from her. Yes. Yeah. Does she have anyone who can maybe assist her with changing the locks and um, that sort of thing? Yes. Did, did she have a written contract in place with this man by any chance? She had, but it's up. The lease is, uh, has been up. No, but what does the contract say about eviction? No, I didn't go into that mm-hmm. with her. So you need to have a look at the contract, right? And what the agreement was, because that might determine some of what she's able to do at this particular stage. So even though it has expired, it was still a contract under which they were operating. So have a look at the contract and see if there's an eviction clause. Uh, Everyone who has a contract should have a clause that speaks to in the event that you have to evict someone, this is how the eviction will take place. And um, if it isn't in there, then obviously, you know, that's a different situation. But look at the contract first. And see if the contract okay. mentions anything about eviction. Because now she's trying to enforce, this is a, a contractual relationship. And she's trying to enforce that, whether it's, a, you know, because even if it's not, even if there's no contract in place, this is still considered a contractual relationship. And that's why the police are very, very hesitant to offer any assistance or to get involved. Because their first thing is this has nothing to do with criminal law. Their obligation to the community, though, is to keep the peace. 
So if she has to forcibly evict him, she can call the police and say, I have concerns um, that he might get violent or whatever. And my contract gives me the right to evict him. He's agreed to that um, on the basis of you know non-payment. You should say what sorts of things would give you the right to evict someone forcibly. And we just need you here to ensure that there will be no breach of the priest. And the police should show up to um, ensure that there is no breach of the priest. I mean, that's the least that they can do. But these, these situations are very, very difficult. I do believe that there should be an easier way as well to evict people. I keep saying that there has to be some kind of tenancy board that is established that gives both landlords and tenants a bit more protection because you find that there are landlords who abuse um, tenants all the time and vice versa. There are tenants who are very, very abusive um, towards landlords and neither of them feel like they have any real recourse. Sad situation. I totally agree. It's sad. Yes, it's true. I totally agree. But what if what if it's 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 happened that if the the the, the young man has even has even threatened violence to the police while and unto the lady while in the presence of the police, isn't there somewhere well, the that actions can be brought against him for threatening violence? Oh, of course, the police should have arrested him, and that wasn't done. Well, that was not done. You'd have to ask the police why they did nothing. Okay, my darling. Thank you. All right, my dear. No problem. All right, folks. Um, some tough situations, unfortunately, that we um, find ourselves in um, all the time, unfortunately, and this is this sounds uh, very, very unfortunate. Wow, Al, well, it's not easy being a landlord, um, and sometimes it's just not easy being a tenant either. What a hot mess! Uh, this person says, "Well said, Zandra. I learned that lesson the hard way. I now do reference checks for my tenants." Yeah, you, you got to. You don't know who you're in it. And if it's your house, this is one that, oh, Lord, I pray that I never find myself in a situation where I would have to take people into my house that I don't know. Because I don't even want people that I know in my house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is just like my personal space. And to think that you have someone in your house who's being so disrespectful and threatening you and going on, no, sir. So Live has a comment. Live said, God did not create religion. Religion is man-made. Why would God create religion when he is the only God? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> and if your God looks like an elephant, then you should look like an elephant too. God is love. Uh... <laughs> All right, live. I'm going to think about some of that. Uh, they says, mail for mailbag Friday, please. Send best wishes to Serafina Mitchell, representing Cayman in the Miss Caribbean UK pageant. Oh, nice on Saturday at the Shaw Theater in London. Well, congratulations, young lady. Inspiring says that she sounds like Miss Sabrina. Which Sabrina? Sabrina Turner? No, that's not Sabrina. <laughs> um, all right, let's read a couple more pieces of mail. Oh, Lord. Um... Okay. 
Let me see a uh, couple pieces of mail here. So this one came in about the situation at public beach. So this person says, here's a topic for your show. That's public beach. And they sent a picture at around 8 a.m. two mornings ago. Mm-mm-mm. Let me pull up the picture and show everybody online. Now there's a myriad of issues, uh, including firstly, how can the DCI be licensing private entities to operate a business for profit on public lands? by giving them ostensible exclusive rights to rent chairs on public lands. Also, note the position of the chairs. They're literally down to the high water mark. Dr. So-and-so and and I had to walk in the water to get around them. What kind of example does this set for private landowners of coastal properties? Clearly, this is an encroachment on the rights of the public by way of a private entity, licensed by government, blocking their access to the beach, and for the purpose of a private enterprise making a profit, WTF, is really going on here. Have they lost their minds? If government isn't going to pay heed to the public's indefeasible right to enjoy the public beach, they put public in caps, how can they expect anyone else to do otherwise? If this continues, then every landowner will have a valid complaint of unfairness Uh, And that could logically end in the abolition of the prescription law, which is the rights of all of us to use and enjoy that area of the beach that we have enjoyed before we had tourist or beachside developments here. So this is quite an interesting um, discussion. discussion. And the interesting thing about this is quite a few years ago, this came up where we had vendors on government property, AKA the public beach, who had lawn chairs all over the place. They're making a spectacle of the place. And as I recall, now correct me if I'm wrong, I have to try to go back and find the articles around this, but I recall that this gov- this previous government, the progress- uh, what do they call progressives administration, were unable to do anything about the beach vendors. And there was this big to-do and this big hoopla about it, about, oh, well, these are Caymanians and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. Listen, whether you are Caymanian or not, you have an obligation to follow the law. Yes. And, and I fancy that some Caymanians feel that the law don't apply to them because they are Caymanians. It applies to everyone. Mm-mm-mm. So I'm confused. Um, if this is interfering with the use of other people, enjoyment of that piece of land, of the public beach, how is this permitted? Even when we saw with the last storm, right? The storm was coming. These same so-called Caymanian beach owners didn't care about the environment. They were leaving the chairs right there to potentially become a flying object. And, you know, an eyesore on the public beach in the ocean. The lack of concern for so many of these issues just because you're a Caymanian is astonishing to me. Wow. I agree with the comments um, submitted here. 
that there's a number of issues that this is demonstrating. But again, the beach vendors, let me see if I can find the article here. We're not prepared to do anything about it. Sorry, not the beach vendors. The government was not prepared to do anything about the beach vendors because, oh, they're Caymanians and we don't want to upset Caymanians who are trying to make a living. And you give them an inch, as Aunt Lottie used to say, give them an inch and they're going to take a mile. Oh, they're taking a whole down to the watermark. Mm-mm. Wow. So let me just see if I can find. Um, I believe this was just a couple years ago about the beach vendors. So we're okay as Caymanians destroying our environment, overfishing, making an ISO on public beach because, oh, we're Caymanians, so we can do that. Let it have been a foreign developer, and then the only issue is that it's a foreign developer. If it's a Caymanian doing it, then apparently we're okay with that. Hmm. Sounds a little crazy to me. All right, December 2017. I told y'all I'd find it. Here we go, right on CMR. Uh, Let's have a look at this one. It's so good to have these stories available so you can remind yourself. Headline, debris causing concern on public beach. Look at this eyesore. Look at that. Old broken down chairs, um, tarps, uh, nets. I don't know what all this hot mess is, right? Beach debris is causing both an unsightly problem in Seven Mile Beach, public beach, and also a safety issue um, according to beachgoers. CMR has been contacted about a substantial pile of debris from a beach vendor that has been discarded. So again, Caymanians don't care about the environment, a lot of you. And so you do foolishness like this and you think that this is okay. Look, 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 let me scroll back up. Look at this eyesore. And this is a Caymanian business owner that did that, a beach vendor. This was some kind of beach float business was sold and the new owner simply discarded everything on the beach, on a public beach. You can imagine the unsightly pile has metal rods sticking out of it and a child was almost injured. Mixture of garbage that has now accumulated with the beach float float debris as well. One source says that it's been there for months. And they don't even know what the cleanup procedure is. And this is the sort of thing, again, that this was a video that we took at the time, that um, you know we're having to do at the expense of the people of this country. We got to do better. And doing better doesn't just apply to foreign workers or foreign individuals. Doing better applies to everybody. Hmm. What a mess. What's the solution here? Do you guys, let's take a little brief poll here by show of hands. And if you can call in, if you'd like, 936-BOBO, 936-2626. Do you believe that beach vendors should be allowed? And if so, what controls should be in place?
right? Are we just going to allow people to do whatever they want just because they have a license? And again, the previous government was not able to control the situation. I don't know. I don't know how many beach vendors we have. I don't know if this is one person doing chairs, somebody else doing umbrellas. Next thing you know, you can have somebody out there selling bananas and monkeys and hawks and coconuts and just throwing it in the water. Is that okay? Are we okay with that? Should there be some rules about you can't put your chairs past this area? Uh, who's going to be enforcing it? Who's going to be checking to see if they're in compliance? These are some of the questions, folks. 936 Bobo. Are, are we happy to just ignore it until, as this individual um, has said, at some point, then it becomes an issue where, oh, yeah, well, you know, now we're talking about people having to make a legal argument about the prescriptive rights having disappeared. And it's not going to impact just that property. It will impact all properties. Mm -mm -mm. All beaches. It's definitely, um, it's definitely an interesting question. I mean, I don't, I don't know. All right. Uh, let me just see what other comments we have here. Um, oh, someone says in relation to what people are doing in the sixties, in the water, in terms of conch and whatever, someone says back in the 60s, there was also a much smaller population, which is very true. There were not as many Caymanians or anybody else by then. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Someone has shared something that was published um, online, says the recent event at Oberlin High School is not a novel phenomena. And then they talk about, you know, um, a bit here. What has happened at this school is unrelated to either religion or the supernatural. It is a psychological phenomena that needs to be treated with psychology. The same type of outbreak that has happened at the school has happened in schools across Africa and Asia, where they're, uh, with those affected, have an array of different religious and spiritual beliefs. Mass hysteria, mm -hmm, or mass psychogenic illness, as it's now called, is defined as a spontaneous and quick spread of false or exaggerated beliefs within a particular population. Sometimes it's more than just a belief. Lines blur when symptoms become physical and all uh, the more confusing and terrifying. So um, very, very uh, interesting. But yes, that's exactly what I believe it is. I don't think it's anything more than that. Nothing to do with God or or the devil um, in this particular instance. Isn't it amazing how quickly we are happy to blame other people for behavior? So if we if we behave like we should, um, then we're like, okay, that's God that's making me behave. And then if we can't control our own behavior, then it's the devil. Mm -mm -mm. Real Deal says no vendors on the beach. Full stop. I agree because I think trying to control vendors once they're on public beach becomes a problem. In fact, if we want chairs to be available 
Um, shouldn't the government be doing that as part of the facilities program? I'm just saying. Right? Whatever happened to the, um, this is a question. Remember the little, um, what are they called? The little cabanas or whatever, the little huts that Dart had put up for the vendors. Are they actually in use? Is anybody using them? Because they were supposed to help alleviate some of the desire for street vendors to want to go on the beach beach. And they're like on the sidewalk leading up to the beach. Have they ever um, been utilized or put in place? What What's the situation there? Hmm. I know, I know that they were, you know, built for that purpose, but I'm not quite um, sure if that has been done. Anybody knows? Maybe I need to ask the dark folks, whatever happened to those. Uh, beach vendors, I'll send a message. What were they called? Cabanas, cabanas, huts, I don't know. Were they ever in use by anyone? Were they ever, I don't know. They were kind of small though. Uh, a lot of people were like, mm, they're a bit tiny for purpose. Um, and then of course, I don't know what the process is for someone to get one of those. What was allowed? What, what could you be selling? I mean, there's really just a lot of questions around um, all of that. So let's go back to our mailbag. It is Mailbag Friday where we read some of your comments. So someone uh, sent an interesting comment about off-reg, and they wanted to know, let me just pull this one up here. They said, um, why does an off-reg publish licenses for the Water Authority Consolidated Water, or CUC? So I'm assuming that's the contract? Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Hello. Good morning, Sandra. How oh, are you today? Hello, darling. How are you? Not not too bad. Um, I, I keep having this cough now for weeks and weeks, and I take mm -hmm. home remedies that used to help before many years ago. But anyway, I'm okay. Let me ask you a quick question. Is it a post-COVID cough, or you just had a regular um cold no no i thank god knock on wood i never had a cold in years and years about 15 14 15 years mm. um but what i'm what i'm calling you about this morning is um is they, those, those <laughs> you wouldn't even call them you Sandra, Sandra, many years ago, I don't think you you grew up with them, but you 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 know about them, perhaps mm -hmm. seen some of them outside outside toilets. Mm -hmm. They're not even big enough for an outside toilet. It, they, they were um 
we we know that they're there. They're mm-hmm. painted nice colors, but no vendors can use them. What some homeless people try to do is to sleep in them because two was open, and we looked inside and we seen pillow mm-hmm. and we seen a a a beach towel. Oh. But they're not even big enough for people to sleep in it. Huh? And it was it was through government that government say Dart must build build them and he built he built them, I guess. But I tell you the truth. What Dart builds is good. Mm-hmm. What Dart builds is strong mm-hmm. and it's always kept good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I marched against the West Bay Road. We had a group going for a long, long time. It was 23 of us. Um, not many people um, were, were doing it. Not many people joined in from West Bay or, or any other place. It was like, ah, that's in a battle. That's a best day mm. battle. But when you get the time, which I know time is precious to all of us, even more for, for you, because I know you're busy. Go so look at those things. They're pathetic, you know, which, which is also pathetic. Mm-hmm. Those behind, between Scotia Bank mm-hmm. and, and the courthouse. Now, they really look like outside what we used to call, I'm going to say outside toilets, but we used to call them back houses. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they're they're a, a disgrace. And Dart really keeps his beach. It's beautiful. You must mm-hmm. visit West Bay. You might want to move here, but you must <laughs> visit West Bay. Yes. And then when you get to West Bay Public Beach, like you were going to turn off to Northwest Point Road, that's the West Bay Public Beach, you always see a group of men that could be helping keep the, the beach there right there right there by the public restrooms on West Bay Public Beach and the, even the West Bay people don't really like to go, especially the ones that have children, don't like to go there to swim because there is these men sitting there all day long playing Dominoes, they're mm-hmm. being fed too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, and, and, and the Kentucky is rolling, the Popeyes is rolling in, mm-hmm. and, and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And it makes, you, it, makes, it makes you feel like I could really go down there and choke them, you know, mm-hmm. because we're running up and down two retired people and busier than, than when we were working. And that that is 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 awful. Mm-hmm. It's real awful. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of them is young men. Some of them are mental, mm-hmm. which we have to get that place open in East End to do. But I know time is short for me, and and my time is short. And maybe somebody would would want to speak. I could go on 
and on and on uh, as usual to get it off my chest. And mm. no, I know that mm. sometimes when it's voiced out there, some people do listen. Yes. So let me and ask I, you I'm to weigh in. That, uh, let me ask you then sorry? to weigh. Let me ask you to weigh in on this, right? Uh, beach uh-huh. vendors on the beach itself, yes or no? On the beach itself, um, I would say how just a place for them, just a place for them, set aside for them. And if somebody wants to, to the, the tourists want to come and buy from them, they'll do it because right there by the... Or West Bay Public Beach, not the Seven Mile Beach, mm-hmm. right there by the West Bay Public Beach. You got a few that stay there when um, the ships are in, mm-hmm. and there's a couple that usually do barbecue on weekends, on Friday and Saturday nights there. Mm-hmm. But they they clean it up. After they finish and before they they do the barbecue, the lady is raking and keeping it clean. Now mm-hmm. the government keeps the West Bay Public Beach um, toilets and and things like that. The public toilets, they're clean. At least the last time I looked at it, what they need to 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 do is to stop people going there. Washing their cars, uh, carrying away water. See what I tell you, you go with the bestie sometime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking away water by the gallon. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then we, 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 we paying for all of that. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. We get more police as soon as we come clean. And then they're on the street on a, on a weekend every now and then. Once we complain on on your your radio or, or on Radio Cayman, mm-hmm. and that 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 would go on for about uh, two weekends, then you don't see them again, and then you wonder where is my money going? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, excuse me, and mm-hmm. I have to work so hard for it. I had to work so hard to save it, uh, where is the money going? But Sandra, I wish you a good weekend, you Thank and you, your family. Dear. Thanks for the show. Thanks for the information. I appreciate but it. I would say the, the vendors, beach vendors, mm-hmm. have to have a, just a separate place by mm-hmm. themselves, not to, not to disturb the tourists. Let the tourists come to them if they want something. Yes. Thank you very much. Good morning. Okay, my dear. Thank you so much. Thank so uh, some interesting points there that that caller brought up. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that unfortunately, when you kind of have no control over vendors, whether it's street vendors, beach vendors, whatever, uh, what you end up ha- happening or having really is a hot mess of a situation. You know, I've heard tourists before say that one of the things they liked about Cayman is that you didn't have all these street vendors like constantly haggling you in the streets and trying to force you to buy their their goods or their wares, or whatever. It was much more clean and organized. Even in town, you know, people can't be um, walking up and down trying to sell you a T-shirt. They have to go into store. 
And then you can choose which store you want to go into and you can see what one store has versus another store um, or jewelry or whatever. And it's just a lot uh, better organized. So I think, unfortunately, we're starting to lose control in that area. Seven Mile Beach is but one example. We've seen a couple other people on the waterfront, huxing coconuts and, you know, walk around. That's looking like a mess. Nobody wants to take opportunities away from Caymanians. I think that if you're hardworking and you're a hustler and you have a little business idea, but you have to, and we all have to abide by rules. You all have to do it within the confines of, um, you know, certain rules. And um, I think that the government should be mindful of the visual of the environment that we are creating, as well as, as this person rightfully pointed out, the actual way that you're changing, not just the environment physically, but potentially you're even allowing people to then have a legal argument as to what can and can't be done. And to me, that is uh, most interesting indeed. Hmm. What a mess. Uh, let's see if the government, I'm going to reach out to the government, see if they have any thoughts on this to see if there is a way to rein this in a little bit. And like I said, I don't know who these vendors are on the beach. I don't know if it's one, two, 20. I don't know how many we have allowed to do this, but keeping it under control, it's just like the signage situation. You know, I put out signs. I'm, I'm guilty of that. And I'm also very much aware that when, when uh, the National Roads Authority, in conjunction with planning, does their cleanup, they're going to grab your signs and they're going to do a massive cleanup. You know, down when you go into West Bay, the caller was saying I should come to West Bay more often. But I was there just last week, Friday, and um, I saw the little area where, you know, when you're going at the end of the Batabanu, like you go down Batabanu, at the end of that bypass, the Esterly Tibbets. You can turn right and go to Morgan's Harbor area, the, the Strand, the Strand, no, the Shores, right? And then the other way, you can go to Mount Pleasant and so on. That little junction right in front always had a bunch of signs, like some restaurants had signs, like the restaurant go this way. Planning and NRA has taken down every single one of those signs. They are gone because, yeah, you let one person put up a sign, next thing you know, you got 50 people thinking, oh, this is a perfect, and it is really a good location. <laughs> this is a perfect example, a location for my sign too. And then you got 50 million signs and it begins to look really trashy and not so good. And so, yeah, that's what it is. Um, you know, should there be a way for us to be able to have signage on the roadway as a way of marketing, whatever? I mean, you know, we could argue that yes, but of course we also understand the flip argument of that, which is that um, the planning department in particular has a desire to keep things a certain way. Speaking of that, did you all know that I'm going to pull in the news here in a second, but did you all know that Fidelity Bank, listen to this, this is a bit of a crazy story. Fidelity Bank on West Bay Road did not get permission. Hmm, here it is story now. They did not get permission to change the signage of their building on West Bay Road, but they did it anyway. And now my understanding is they've had to put the sign back because they neglected to get planning permission. And planning said, oh, no, you don't. So they put it back, and I guess they're going to go through and get the, um, I mean, I don't know. I guess they'll go through now 
and get the permission to do it the right way. Mm. Pretty interesting, right? All right, we've got weather coming up now and our news. Big shout out to Kevin Wattler, always keeping us updated on uh, the latest weather developments. Again, there is a system out there that is being watched at this time, not a major concern yet, but let's hear what it is. Stormwatch 2022 is brought to you by Home Gas, your propane experts before, during, and after the storm. The National Hurricane Center is monitoring a weather system in the Caribbean Sea west of the Windward Islands that has a chance of development over the next few days. This system should be closely monitored by those in Jamaica, Central America, and the Cayman Islands. Home Gas is a proud sponsor of CMR's Storm Ready 2022, as we stand ready to support you before, during, and after any storm. Here at Home Gas, our team of managers, field experts, and customer service agents work overtime to ensure that you are covered during hurricanes. With over 65 years of experience, we have been here with you through tropical depressions and major hurricanes like no one else. The same real-world experienced team that saw you through catastrophic Hurricane Ivan is still here, poised to continue offering the best service before, during, and after the storm. Contact us today at 345-949-7474 or email info at homegas.net. Hello, I'm Kevin Wattler and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. All CUC customers will benefit from a fuel cost relief program that caps how much customers will pay through the end of the year. CUC's Vice President of Customer Service and Technology, Sasha Tibbetts, was on the Cold Hard Truth Thursday and explains more. Uh, we're really happy about, um, about the government's um, fuel cost relief program they've been doing for the last three months and have made the extension for the additional three months. I mean, that's really been a great help to a lot of our, our customers. Um, mm -hmm. And CUC recognized that, you know, that was only going to a, a subset of, of the, the customers that the government wanted to focus their assistance with. Um, but there were a lot of customers, such as commercial customers, who, who were also um, feeling um, the, the challenges of the high fuel costs mm -hmm. and so a couple months back we made a proposal to to offreg to allow us to cap the fuel factor price at 20 cents for all customers uh for the last three months of, of 2022 so october through december uh, and collect those those funds at a, at a later date what that does is it takes this high price spike and perhaps puts the the collection of those costs at, at a time when when energy costs are lower so for example in the months of say january through may um customers bills are much lower um and perhaps there's more more ability to cover some of those higher costs so it's it's really a deferral program 
um, designed to, to, to cut the spike uh, of, of the, the fuel cost. Uh, the, the cost for fuel this month in, in October is the highest we've seen in a very, very long time. I think it was back in 2009 when it was at this level. And mm -hmm. uh, we recognize it's really hard for customers to deal with that. Um, so we're, we're really happy that we got approval to do this program. We're also mm -hmm. really happy to see that the government continuing their, their relief program, which sits on top of ours. Um, so CUC is bringing the price of fuel down to 20 cents and uh, the government through their grant program uh, is bringing for, for the, the residential customers in that 101 to 2000 kilowatt hours per month usage bracket. Those, mm -hmm. those customers that have that amount of usage will, will have their fuel price brought down to 15 cents, which is still very high, but not as high as, I mean, it would be normally 24 cents. So the two programs are, are gonna provide a lot of relief to, in, in some cases to, to all customers and, 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 in, and in other cases to um, even more relief to a focus group of residential customers. Customers are encouraged to use this opportunity to continue to conserve energy and use the tools available on the MyCUC portal to monitor energy usage. The anti-corruption unit arrested two men in connection with an ongoing corruption investigation. Very few details were released, but what we do know is one of the men is a 47-year-old man from Bodentown and the other a 22-year-old man from Savannah. Both were arrested for fraud on the government, contrary to Section 11 of the Anti-Corruption Act, transferring criminal property contrary to Section 133 Proceeds of Crime Act, and uttering false documents, contrary to Section 289 Penal Code. Detectives with the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service are appealing for witnesses to come forward to assist with the investigation of a stabbing incident that led to the murder of Ian Duffel of West Bay. The incident took place on Birch Tree Hill Road near Captain Joan Osborne Road in the West Bay District just before 11 p.m. on October 14th. Investigators know that the incident was witnessed by persons driving by and that a driver shouted to the assailant in an attempt to stop the assault and any information they can provide, however small, could assist with this investigation. The Cayman Islands Cadet Corps officially changed over leadership at its 20th anniversary parade ceremony held on Sunday. The change of command ceremony saw outgoing Commandant Lieutenant Colonel Babeth Ogaro officially hand over leadership to Colonel Errol Brathwaite. Ogaro, who officially retired in June 2021, dedicated 20 years of service to the Cayman Islands Cadet Corps, and she was the first female commandant not just for Cayman, but also in the Caribbean region. She was also the first female leading a cadet corps in the region to hold the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. The Cayman National Cultural Foundation invites members of the public to audition for this year's Gimme Story Storytelling Festival. Auditions will be held on Tuesday. Storytellers can choose from any genre, whether retelling a traditional story or sharing an original composition. Inspiration can come from here in the Cayman Islands or wider Caribbean or from further afield and can include love stories, history, comedy or popular tales of duppies. Webster's Estates is ready to welcome back the public for Halloween after a two-year break due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The community promises the usual excitement at the extremely popular event that it has hosted for more than 20 years. In 2019, the event attracted around 6,000 trick-or-treaters. Over the years, the event has grown tremendously with the homeowners participating with elaborate decorations, an endless amount of candy, and even block parties. The location is popular for children, 
from all around the island. Conk season opens on Tuesday. However, marine park rules and boundaries remain in full effect at all times and no conk may be taken from within the marine reserve even within season. The daily catch limit is 5 conk per person or maximum 10 conk per boat with 2 or more people. In any one day, no one person may take or permit another person to take, purchase, receive, offer for sale, exchange or donation or possess more than 5 conk from Cayman waters. Only Queen Kunk may be taken. Suspicious behavior in action can be reported to 911. Now for your CMR weather update. It's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 624. Just a few passing clouds is expected when the temperature is 85 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity at 71% like the forecast calls for. It will feel around 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Winds northeast at 10 to 15 miles per hour and the sun sets at 554. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the high 70s. Looking forward, hot days, warm nights with the possibility of brief showers. CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Stormwatch 2022 is brought to you by Home Gas. Your propane experts before, during, and after the storm. The National Hurricane Center is monitoring a weather system in the Caribbean Sea west of the Windward Islands that has a chance of development over the next few days. This system should be closely monitored by those in Jamaica, Central America and the Cayman Islands. Stormwatch 2022 is brought to you by Home Gas. Your propane experts before, during and after the storm. Now for some regional and international news. Jamaica's Minister of Health and Wellness, Dr. Christopher Tufton, has confirmed that seven babies died in July from a bacterial outbreak at the neonatal unit of the Victoria Jubilee Maternity Hospital in Kingston. The seven deaths represented a mortality rate of 43% from 16 infections. Klebsiella pneumoniae infections are common in Jamaican hospitals. There was a spike in deaths in 2015 and 2016. However, deaths from the bacterial illness have decreased in comparison to last year's reports, with cases recorded in August, September, and one so far in October. The Guyana government has welcomed the announcement by the U.S. oil company ExxonMobil that it had made two discoveries of wealth offshore Guyana, taking discoveries in the area to more than 30 since 2015. In a statement, the Ministry of Natural Resources said the Guyana government anticipates that these two additional discoveries will further increase the country's petroleum resources. Elon Musk has claimed he has acquired Twitter in a post to the social network reassuring advertisers it will stay a safe place for their brands amid fears. One of his first actions as chief executive will be to restore Donald Trump's account. After months of uncertainty over whether or not his $44 billion acquisition of the social media platform would go through, the Tesla chief executive's post is the strongest acknowledgement yet that the deal is expected to be sealed before the deadline of 5 p.m. in Delaware on Friday. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.
Wonderland Christmas trees are here. It's official. It's Cayman's most wonderful time of the year. Don't delay or all the elves will give the trees away. Stop by our Christmas tree lot to select from the finest balsam fir trees, starting at $100 for 5 to 6 feet. Christmas lot is located right next to Costulus in Governor Square. Selected from the best farms in Canada, your tree has been grown with love and care by all our elves for many years. Wonderland Christmas trees is owned and operated by experienced elves with over 6 years of industry experience. Don't trust your Christmas tree needs to anyone else. And remember, for every tree you purchase, Wonderland Christmas trees makes a donation to feed our future and Meals on Wheels. Visit wonderlandtrees.ky or find us on Facebook to place your order today. Christmas tree sales going on now. Don't delay. Wonderland Christmas trees, your best choice for Christmas. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Recover personal injury attorneys. Helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. Home Gas presents Nightmare on the Waterfront. Four nights of frights and horror in Cayman's only nightmare haunted house. Watch your back as you make your way through terrifying moments and nightmarish scares at every turn. In partnership with Sandbar, Tortuga, Miguel Pie, and featuring Lost Tortugas Pirates, 100% of proceeds will be donated to local charities. Visit nightmare.ky for more. Crichton Properties is one of Cayman's most trusted real estate companies for over 50 years. We offer a diverse selection of property listings and help our clients navigate the world of buying or selling their properties with confidence. Crichton is a name you can trust with our excellent customer service and family-friendly touch. Contact us today to list your home, land, or condo for sale by calling 949-5250 or email info at crichtonproperties.com. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs? Constantly missing your favorite TV shows? And no access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roke, K-Man's streaming pros. We'll put you back in the driver's seat in front of your TV. Call, WhatsApp, or message Roke today on 926-1213. Roke is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 